Yeah. yeah. Just I think those work. Just work okay. Just do it. Oh, we're doing that again. Is that going to be the new start every episode? Ah, stack. Shut up. I guess start. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. Yay. I am Joey Bonnier. To the right of me is Sean Shaw. Across the table from him is Derek Laporte. Derek who? And across, oh, sorry, next to him, we got across. Mr. Tim Snow. From you. Yeah. Hey, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So in this episode, it was Derek's pick, and we watched a movie called Mon Oncle. Did I say that correctly? That's as close as I would ever get. Neither so. of us are French. Yeah. But well, the same as the sure. My name is Bonnier, kind of. And Derek yeah. says Laporte. <laughs> Laporte. But we're, we're both super Americanized. So we don't. Pseudo French. Definitely not in touch with those sides of ourselves. No. No. So. Um, but this was Derek's pick. Close. Yeah. Mon Oncle. Uh, directed by Jacques Tati. I'm sorry, I just like saying these French names. Jack Taddy. <laughs> Jack Taddy. Jack Taddy coming at us with Mon Uncle. Uh, Derek, so first of all, why'd you pick uh, Mon, my uncle? Um, oh, is that what this is? Jesus Christ. Yeah, my uncle. Yeah, yeah that's the name of it. Um, Makes a little more sense now. Yeah. Yes. Um, to me, this film is a joy. That is why. It's a lot of fun. I watch it every... This is my singing in the rain. Okay. In the sense of like, I could watch this maybe once every, let's say, three years. At least partially watch watch it once every three years. And be like, ah. Kind of like that, you know? Yeah. 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 That's the reason why. uh, What was your kind of first impression of this film? So... I actually have like a long history with this movie that I uh, haven't mentioned previously to you guys. Uh, keeping but, secrets. Well, you know, saving it for the pod, so Jesus to speak. Christ. Yeah, you know. Oh, the old him the old in this film were lovers. Sleeve, so to speak. Mm. No, either way. Uh, so in college, I took this uh, moving images class or something. It, it was some weird cinematography class at Columbia College. Ooh, someone went to in film Chicago. School. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stole all the money. Actually, mm. it's crazy. Uh, but some uh, teacher that I had was this wacky old French lady, and she was so interesting. And I, I. It, I really didn't enjoy her class, but I loved her. And at the end of the at the end of the course, she told me that she really liked my final project or whatever. Is this a Harold and, and Maude thing? Hold, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, she she uh, recommended this film to me, and I I tried to watch it, and I just couldn't handle it. I don't know. I wasn't ready for it. Uh, and then today, I watched it for the first time in its entirety, mm. and. Uh, it's just fun. Like Derek said, it's a joy. I think you, honestly, you laughed the most out of all of us. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. I had a great time. It's funny. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Sean, how'd you feel? I didn't hate it as much as I expected to, um, knowing nothing going in other than it was a French film. Um, still, you know, as pretentious as French films and whatnot, but at least it was somewhat comedic and lighthearted. Um, 
a little bit more physical comedy than I definitely expected. But then again, I didn't know what to expect going in. So that was just a nice little, uh, I guess, uh, treat. Um, reminds me a lot of things that I really hate and also reminds me a lot of things that are like, I really love. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, you know, it seems like it's one of those sort of influential things where you're kind of picking up on like what eight other directors have done with these concepts and whatnot. Um, that's always a nice joy of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate it for what it is, I think, but I have no reason to watch it again. Fair enough. Uh, I will say, I think I agree with Derek in that it's it's that kind of delightful joy. It's that, yeah. I don't know, it's a certain kind of comedy where it's it's definitely crossing generations. It's always just kind of, it's very broad, but it's funny. It's cute. It just makes you smile. You know, maybe it doesn't make you laugh out loud a lot, but it makes you smile. Yeah. To, I came on strong, uh, but to agree with Sean also, it did have some strong weak points. <laughs> Okay. What do you, you know mean, what I mean by that? What do you mean by that? Like, uh, uh, like uh, just off the top of my head, there there are other things that I'm obviously not thinking of, but the the fade out on the gate scene. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? There's so many other ways that they could have ended that, and it's just like, eh, they could have done more. There, You're talking there about were, the scene where the gate falls you, off and he's holding it. Exactly. Yeah, I think exactly. we disagree. Yes, on, maybe Derek <laughs> agrees with me on this one. I actually didn't mind that uh, ending, that little fade out. I thought there was there wasn't a lot of ways to end that gag. That, and that's the problem. It was okay, it was an okay gag, and there were a couple of things, and it felt like it was building, and then it never really totally paid off. It felt like we were left in the middle of a joke rather mm-hmm. than actually being hit with a good. I agree. Line. The, the, okay. There were just I certain things that. that it just feels like you know there wasn't Half wasn't time or, yeah, wasn't yeah. you know yeah. I don't know I can wasn't completely done. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tim, let's kind of talk about the story, or if you want to talk about the lack of story. Oh boy. Uh, I'll do my best. What did you think uh, about? <laughs> so, so it's a movie about a car that uh, is uh, hey, pink and green. Yeah, it's, it's it's a movie about my favorite car that ever happened. Ever. <laughs> no, uh, we'll get to that eventually, I'm sure. But uh, no, so let's see. We open on a pack of dogs running through a French city. Hey, and do we know uh, what city, by the way? No, France. it's not important. I don't think. Um, it's supposed to be a made-up city. I, I, so I it's guess. definitely not important. No, uh, that, it, yeah, he took a lot of inspiration from a city called Joinville, but it's like Joinville. Yeah, Tativille is basically where they said. Whatever names you said, fake. we would have no relevance or reference to us. So, <laughs> no, that's just for the listener who probably is capable well of googling French or capable yeah. of googling. So mm, fuck them. Yeah. Joinville. 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 Anyway. So Tim, uh, take us through. So we got the dogs. All right. So uh, we, we follow this pack of dogs through the city and one of them turns out to be a more fortunate dog than the rest. And uh, crawls through the gate. His into name this, is. There, his name is Dick Scotty. Shiro. <laughs> We named so, him Scotty. Yes, even uh, though that's Joey not his name. In particular, named him Scotty. I the like dog's Scotty. name has. Well, the dog has no name. In the Unfortunately, movie. well, no, the dog it had a name. Did. It just didn't come Later. up until like yeah. the last third of the movie. Ah, so whatever. we were already committed to Scotty. I wasn't paying yeah. attention. Yeah, was he was Scotty. wearing a nice kilt. Yes, he was wearing a a, a, a plaid sweater. <laughs> yes, a kilt, uh, please. It was traditional. A tartan dog cover. So either way, Scotty crawls through and we see this spectacularly modern house uh, with these, you know, perfectly square walls, 
perfectly round windows, you know, kind of the opposite of what one might expect of architecture in that time period. So the and we watched all the other architecture we saw up until that point too. Also, yes. Yeah. I didn't mention that. Yeah. It was, they, it was running through very recognizable Italy prior to this. Uh, but uh, we see this very like, stereotypical morning sequence between man and wife where she comically brings him everything he needs to the front door while he just stands doing nothing. And then we cut to, uh, it's the movie's a series of vignettes. So it's almost hard to sequence them. Okay. It's, it's easier to remember them, but Sean, well, yeah, after but the, we're introduced well, I mean, the to, yeah, I know, mean, there's just Mr. kind of this overall, we're, we're introduced to Monsieur Hello after that, but well, yeah, we, we start with this family and then we're introduced to their brother-in-law who is much more of a Mr. Bean, Ophi sort of bumbling Magoo character. Um, basically the plot is super simple where the, the, the dad is kind of sick of the uncle always hanging around and, you know, spending time with his son because he wants to spend time with his son and he's just kind of in the way and underfoot. Well, he thinks he's a bad influence. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. But he tries to get him a job at his plastics company. Uh, he bumbles too much to be able to be hired and bumbles too much once he's forced to be hired and uh, that's pretty much the whole thing. Hilarity ensues. Yeah, they kind of send him off on his way. Like, it it culminates in him figuring out how to ship the brother-in-law off to some other position somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Poor Monkle. And then I thought the it was also and, yeah, son and the, the son dad is reconciles kind of at the end a little bit. Yeah, I, didn't, I mean, <laughs> that the, poor kid. Yeah. I think it's. I didn't realize it for a little while that it's from the kid's perspective. You mm. know, my, my uncle. It's from that kid. And, and we were guys. You guys mentioned it earlier. The kid is kind of depressed. He's sad. Um, and it's nice actually at the end because I do. We have that little moment of you know honey on top of the. You know, it's a little cheesy, but it's like it's like a Full House episode or it's step by step. We have that little moment of the father and the son at the end mm. where, it, you know, it does cap off the, the hilarity with this moment of I don't know, emotional significance. Yeah. yeah. Sean, you very know, do, slight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't as built not up as it could have yeah, yeah, Exactly. It's not supposed to be an emotional, heavy movie. Like we go what like almost 15 minutes in this movie before we even see a line of dialogue. Like there, it is yeah. all about the physical comedy. It yeah. is all about the wide shot interactions of these people yeah. more so than like, I mean, we barely well, get a close up in this movie. Like well, it's not is- about those people. This is their mm. version of a summer blockbuster, I think. What? I, kind of, right? Is that true? Wasn't it? I mean, sort of? I think so I think this is about seeing people based upon their actions less than what they say. Mm-hmm. So, we kind of get to know the various characters, not even necessarily our main characters, but some of the side characters based upon their actions. And You really stuff. don't even know who the main characters are for quite some no, time. No, not it's, really. It, it, you're just kind of like drifting around this city following random people. Like, is it the family? Is it the dad? Is it the kid? Is it this pack of wild kids that's running around causing mischief? Mm-hmm. Like, we just kind of like spend time with it's like random groups of sure. people. Yeah. yeah. I kind of liked it though, at least for that that for what it was. Mm. I, and I can see being bored with it because it is meandering and there's not necessarily, this character does this. It's not a linear thing. But I do like just kind of seeing this world. It was kind of nice to see this. And it was a strange world, you mm. know? The 50s are always really interesting to me, but the architecture is kind of modern. The machinery is like, 
on the verge of being modern. Well, it's it's all that mm-hmm. clash, though. I mean, it's you know, we got the dude pulling up on the horse and buggy, absolutely, and then we cut to the modern kitchen where things are being sterilized and like he's yeah. burning his hand on the hot towel rack. Like and that's literally the conceit of almost every gag is yeah. the the. the the absurdity between modernity and the old ways, you mm-hmm. know, the, the the ridiculousness of her kitchen, the ridiculousness of the fountain, the ridiculousness of having to walk on those little stepping stones instead of just walking where you want to walk, mm-hmm. you know, all yeah. of that stuff, which is really cool. I think actually, I mean, it doesn't get old, actually, to be honest. I, I thought it was pretty funny all the way up until the end. Did you guys agree? Well, Do you think that that gag got a little tired I, I, the well, modernity gag? I think the one thing I would point out, though, is that, like, we kind of had that just the same thing just in different versions. Yeah. So I don't think they were saying that the modern was more ridiculous than the old. I think they were just kind of saying that it was all ridiculous, especially when we talk about Magoo, Mr. Magoo or Mr. Bean or whatever the fuck the uncle's name was when he goes to his house and we just sit in that wide shot of him walking into the house and then up the stairs and around the corner and up the stairs and up and around and up the through the patio yeah. like we're you know the, it like his ridiculous journey through this old architecture was just as ridiculous as their journey through their own front yard so like i, I don't think the movie was necessarily taking a stance i think it was more just kind of pointing out the yeah i was saying absurd all over yeah but i do think it was absolutely taking a stance i do i think it was yeah especially when we were talking especially with the car going into the garage there was a lot of just like the, but, you're you're trying to be modern and it's stupid it's just impractical yeah, you got, the, you got the kids just whistling or yelling and betting on whether someone's going to walk into a post. Like, yeah. you know, you have- Well, that, that's what it's saying. It's saying life is the little things. It's the funny It's the funny moments of people walking into a post. It's not the obsession over your fountain, you know? Hmm. It's, you know, and I think that's what it was nice at the end is that the father realized that. The father was like, oh, you know, we can bond over the fact that we can just enjoy the little things of some random hmm. woman walking into a post. And it's funny. You know, like yeah. everyone loves just a fart joke or a kick in the nads, Sean. Yeah, I think I it, thought you would love that. I think it is kind of against oh, my balls. that modernity and like consumerism that at the time I think he was concerned about taking over and everything. So, I mean, because at the very beginning, the 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 title crawl, so to speak, it's not really a title crawl, right? It's just those things on the that that's Which was during, amazing. Yeah, that's during like construction and like things being built and then we Mm. cut to like the old school and then at the end of the film we see for the first time the two kind of meeting because uh because they're as they're driving away in the car and like he's leaving the town and everything Mm -hmm. we see those guys like actually tearing down one of the old walls oh yeah and so the two are kind of meeting at the end and everything's kind of changing and and so to me that's why like a lot of the film is very nostalgic because it knows these things are coming mm-hmm. but it take it's taking a look at the past and uh and kind of trying to enjoy what's still there you know what do you think oh I'm sorry, Sean, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's almost kind of reminiscent of like the time period that we're in right now, Mm -hmm. just being on the verge of a giant social and economic and uh, manufacturing change and kind of seeing both of those worlds, you know, living simultaneously. But that is a moment in time that is only going to exist for that short period of time. Uh, I keep coming back to the dogs in my mind because uh, they start with it and they end with it. Yeah. You know, it's obviously symbolic. Derek, what do you think the dogs 
are there for? What, what's their symbolism? I don't know. Is there some, so something there, we should there's get? There's a few interesting things about it. So uh, because- Isn't it just simple pleasure? I, I don't think it's necessarily that. I, I mean, so at the very beginning, so once we, you know, they're actually the first characters we see in the film, right? Um, they are kind of like hanging around together. They're going through this, you know, the, the one dog that's kind of the more wealthy dog, the, you know, that stays inside. It kind of eats some of the trash, but not like much really. It kind of just piddles around it and doesn't actually take much bites of anything. Okay. Uh, and then it goes back inside where its house is. And then the other dogs do not follow, right? They like, they have that boundary sort of still. And so it show it's kind of that concept of kind of like them trying to blend together, but not ever kind of coalescing, so to speak. So, um, uh, oh, just the class struggle sort of. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's mirrored in the dogs. Yeah, yeah. Com, you know, and, also the kid too. I think yeah. in many ways with his gang, you know, yeah. he's he's the rich kid who's trying to hang out with with the cool. He is Scotty. He is he the is same. Scotty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I felt a little, just to, sorry to take a little quick aside, I felt very personally attached to that because I grew up in that similar kind of way where I would like to hang out with people who were not exactly- You were the rich kid hanging out on the streets? Yeah, I just didn't like the rich kids. I, I don't know why, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So I felt like that sometimes I was like, I felt like kind of the shitty, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the tourist when we're walking down the streets kind of shit, you know? I, and I kind of identified with that little kid a little bit. I didn't have a crazy uncle though. I wish I had a crazy uncle. <laughs> Would have been nice, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Tim, how about you? Crazy uncle. Uh, I am the crazy uncle. <laughs> you are uncle. the crazy uncle. You are yeah. the crazy uncle. It's unfortunate. Okay. Yeah. So you're always like, uh, what What are some of the crazy uncle like qualities that you have? <sighs> he brings his nieces and nephews the loudest toys possible. Yeah, yeah I'm just very nice far whistle. away. I Yeah. Uh, I come by and I... I incite ruckus. I think you would be a good uncle. Those. I think you'd be yeah. fun. You'd take I your am. kids out hiking, your kids, your you know, nieces and nephews. Yeah, I'd take them out and I'd do stuff. Uh, you use them as pack mules. You know, you'd probably, you know, probably shoot guns with them in a safe way. No, I don't. I don't do that. <laughs> not, not safely. <laughs> I don't don't get, do that. Don't I, do that. I have very careful nieces and nephews. Okay. I, have, uh, I have some nieces that are very, very young, and then I have a nephew that's a little bit older. When they get older, you know. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's very careful. So I just am basically egging him on to do things that he doesn't want to do. I'm scared I'm going to be the crazy rebellious uncle as well. Yeah. Because my three nieces are all religious Jews <laughs> and I'm they're going to be like Joey, uh we want to try McDonald's. <laughs> and I, I don't know what I'm going to say, you know. Am I going to be, like, be like get in the fucking car, let's go. Kind of oh, Rachel don't listen to this. Maybe later. Hey? You know, when they're 18, they can try bacon. Yeah. Jesus. We'll see. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm like, kids need to take risks. Yeah. You know? I think you're so. You're little. That's when you're supposed to get scars. Yeah. True. Yeah. You're the most so, uh, yeah. do you resilient. Think, do you think get her. Um, Mr. Uncle here was was good at raising his nephew? Was he doing he a good job? He was good at being was fun. He, was he responsible? He was good at being fun. The kid did, the kid did not die. He the didn't kid did die. not die. That's that is true. Kid That's the important die. thing. Kid <laughs> didn't die. In the rest of the movies he we've had seen, a good time. the kid pretty much always dies. Yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. you see yeah. Germany yeah. Year yeah, Zero. True. Yeah, true. Look back to that episode, listeners. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the uncle then. Did you guys think he did was a uh, Sean? Did you think he was good as an actor, Mister Uncle? Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was. It's that. 
sort of big vaudevillian physical comedy thing. Yeah. So like he didn't really have, wait, did he have any lines of dialogue? He did. Yeah, he had, like, some. He had, he had, yeah, but he had some. very little di- dialogue and like it was a very Mr. Beanish. So everything was just that. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what your definition of good actor is, but he definitely was right for this, this sort of thing. Um, was he the best? No. But did he come before a lot of people that did the thing better? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, I, I I recognize it for its time and place, but I don't necessarily think it's by any means the the pinnacle of this sort of performance. Um, I think I would much. I think a, a Mr. Bean is much more consistently amusing than this. You know, yeah, so Mr. I Bean's think, great. So yeah. you're, that's a high bar. It is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that Mr. Bean's more expressive than this. This well, is Mr. Bean Mr. also Bean has the benefit different. of a close-up. Mm. This guy never really got a yeah. close-up. <laughs> like no. this whole movie is, I didn't, is sans close-ups. I don't think that he would have been expressive though. I think that Mr. Bean Yeah, he's a face, is, he's a is face an ex- changer. Yeah, he's an extreme individual. He's got the I, Jim Carrey rubber I felt like thing. The, it, Hulo is just like a normal kind of guy with a like so he leans forward. He has like these peculiarities about himself. But aside from those, this could be just some, just an anybody mm-hmm. kind of guy. And it's the situations that occur to him and his, <laughs> the fact he reacts uniquely to them that gives us the comedy of the situation. Right. Well, that's what takes him away from being the anybody because he doesn't react the way that normal people would react. You know, normal people aren't going to drop the, uh, the, the, uh, the pitcher in the kitchen and then start bouncing it like a ball and, you know, just having fun. Normal people are, you know, normal. Well, I have a quote from Tati that kind of described uh, what he initially saw that then inspired the character. He said that, uh, He said, for example, I saw a very serious gentleman who was on his way to some sort of administrative board meeting. Uh, He really kind of had the hat that you need for that kind of event. After he locked the door on the driver's side of his car with a key, he remembered that he had forgotten to lock the door on the passenger side. So he walked around the car to go and lock the door from the outside. And while he was locking it from the outside, he got his necktie stuck in the door. So he was stuck in the door locked with Mm -hmm. the key in his hand, but he couldn't reach the door uh, with the lock. And so, uh, it was easy for him to eventually figure out how to get out of the situation, which was to take the necktie off. Uh, (laughs) but he's like, but when yet, you know, when, when you're putting on the necktie in the morning, you certainly didn't think you would have to be taking it off in under such a circumstance. So it's kind of like those kind of circumstances that lead to like comedy that, Mm -hmm. and the normalcy is what makes it kind of funny. Right. Um, and I, I, I think aside from Hulo, that's throughout this movie too, right? The, mm-hmm. Those kind of moments, like the absurd situations that people are reacting in. When I called it broad comedy earlier, I didn't mean it in a, in a negative way, by the way. Never I, call I, chicks broads. I meant it in a very positive way. I think that these, it's a universal kind of comedy of errors situation. I would compare it to any sort of American, like National Lampoon comedy kind of thing, like a, one mm-hmm. of those Vegas vacations or something where Chevy Chase just like falls into no, another stupid situation, another stupid situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wrong? This I'm sorry, is, Sean's kind of making a face. No, this I, just, is, I just make faces oh. too. Oh, okay. That's what well, I do. I mean, this necktie <laughs> example is basically National Lampoon, except yeah. it's a dog on a leash, right? That they've forgotten left and. <laughs> That is actually pretty <laughs> national lampoon. So, I mean, you know, it's basically the same thing. 
Yeah, it's the French Lapoon. Gets a little more darker in yeah. National Lampoon, of course. Yeah, it's just, it, it has that like tinge of Wes Anderson schmear across everything. Wes that Anderson. That's like, Wes Anderson, though. Absolutely lifted a lot yeah, of this yeah. shilling. So yeah. A lot of this totally stuff understand. was very reminiscent of Wes Anderson. Well, and that, that's kind of what I was talking about with like this movie being partially things that I hate and partially things that I love. Like I despised every moment that made me feel like Wes Anderson, but there were many moments that made me feel like Tim Burton movies, which were, uh, you know, m- uh, especially um, uh, Edward Scissorhands. Oh, like the I was thinking of, Beetlejuice too. Because, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, the opening of this movie is like directly Edward Scissorhands though. Like all mm-hmm. of the like pristinely, everything cropped perfectly and then all of the cars pulling out at the same time and everything going down the street and like yeah, yeah. just this suburban sort of the 50s are so wonderness. Yeah. The, we look back at the 50s in such a weird way. Totally. In many ways. And not, not just, and every person looks and back Tim differently. Burton grew up in that era too. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's maybe. the baby boomers nostalgia. Yeah. So the baby Baby boomers, yeah. you know, took control of everything and all of the media that they made convinced us that the 50s were this wonderful, magical time. It was the first time where there was modern, ma- real modernity, I think, that, you know, where like we had consumerism, we had the Levitt towns, every house looked the same, mm-hmm. all the, you know, the neighborhoods looked the same, finally had interstate highways. They finally had every call, you know, every home had a TV. So there was like the first kind of time, really monoculture. Now we can watch Jackie Gleason while we eat. <laughs> Not that radio wasn't there, but you know what I'm saying. I yeah. think I think it was a special time, and that's why I think 58 is actually a cool time uh, because it is right on that modern uh, kind of. I don't know. Do you think? I think it's on the edge. Yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, but I don't know if I want to move on to that specific. Well, I guess we should. Do, is, do you think that this? Uh, is this a universal story or is, or is this specific to that time period? Or is that just kind of a cool background? I think it's a very Western story. So it okay. might not, you know, I don't think the fifties everywhere were like this, but I do think that this is, um, you know, everywhere that the American influence was strong and in post-war rebuilding, I think that we get a lot of this same sort of feeling. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, this is Marshall Plan France. They do. The fact that there are these rich, rich, rich people we were watching, you know, that are really have these ridiculous, you know, fountains and cars and can afford everything is is interesting. And he is the head of a plant, right? He is the, I don't know, not the foreman, I guess. He's the owner of the the Well, no, he had to go to someone and ask it for a job. The president, yeah. Yeah. So oh, okay. He, so he's not the head. He's not yeah, the top. Yeah, he's middle management somewhere. Like his gotcha. house wasn't a huge mansion, but it okay, was like, you know, a well, you know. That's true. I forgot, yeah. Um, but I do think there is that interesting idea. We do have that kind of, I don't know, capitalism, socialism style comment. I don't know. Do you guys see that? Or are you? do you think it's just happenstance that it were just- uh, No, I, I see that. Yeah, I saw that absolutely in the beginning more so than anything else. It became a comedy verse after that with tinges of that. But mm-hmm. uh, the opening sequence between like man and wife in the morning, yeah. it was so over the top. When it she was like just chasing was, him down, cleaning was, the cars. It was going, very <laughs> clearly, it was just a piss take on, yeah. on modern domesticity, you yeah. know? The the other moment that strikes me in that vein is the, uh, much later in the movie when he finally gets to the plastics factory and the dog is like 20 feet ahead of him the whole time. But as the dog goes by oh, each yeah. of the rooms, all of the workers are like alerted to the presence of the boss. Yes. So yeah. the dog goes by and that's the cue to start working and <laughs> pretend like you're doing yeah. stuff yeah. as yeah. the big boss walks by. And yeah. a lot of the okay. stuff in the movie was just like that. It was just fun. Yeah. It was just funny. Yeah, I think 
it, it did a good job of pointing out the commonalities of it. You know, the, even the fact that the kid could join the other rascals and, mm-hmm. you know, and still laugh at the same stuff and enjoy the same stuff. It was a nice little touch, but they still had those differences that they would show. So it, it was more nuanced than any fucking comedy today. That's for sure. I will say that. Um, I, I like that. I don't know. Did you guys- Certainly more nuanced than most physical comedies we get today. So you know, I mean, I don't know any comedies that are- well, I mean, physical comedy, you think of like Chris Farley stuff okay. or, you know, um, uh, Jim Carrey stuff, you know, that it's the much more uh, lowbrow, scatological, falling sort of physical comedy yeah. mm-hmm. where this was the a uh, little bit more technical, like um, when they're walking around, when they're having the little like party in the yard and they're kind of walking around those little patch bricks and whatnot, just like his little maneuvers of like jumping up on the curb or whatever and kind of going around them, but then being cut off and you know yeah. all of those little things they weren't chris farley falling through a table they were little amusements that like added up to something no sure um i don't know that i'd still rather watch chris farley fall through a table but you know i still understand i did get a lot of tommy boy vibes mm. i totally did because of the, the factory and like yeah. you know this this child of a this, yeah once we got to the plastics factory and the hot dogs were being made and you know all that shit well then let's just quickly go through that. I don't know if you guys kind of went thought about this in your head, but if we could cast it today. So let's quickly go through if you guys could pick oh anyone boy. for maybe the uncle oh, or maybe the, the father would could be an interesting pick. Well, who's the father's got the Kevin latitude, James, you know. Kevin James? Okay. Kevin James, okay. Yeah, he 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 would work. He would a work. lovable doofus. Yeah. Kind of. He would work. Who 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 would be the wife there? Um and well, the wife is going to depend on who are you the... going to put in a polyester bathrobe. Mm, yeah, mm. I, I mean, yeah. To me, the, the wife is a lot of people. It, well, yeah, the wife is by no means a pinnacle casting moment in this. Not uh, really, she no. she just needs to kind of fill that space and be yeah. doting and dusting. So, um, Marissa Tomei. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking more of like a Kathy Bates. Um, I'm sorry. She's very yeah, talented. The, uh, yeah. uh, her, uh, what was that last one she just did about the, um, the bomber guy? Um, uh, Richard Jewell. Yeah. Richard Jewell. Uh-huh. So yeah, her Richard Jewell performance. Even in be- death, you're still fucking him. <laughs> <laughs> poor bastard. Yeah, poor still can't yeah, poor whole, fucking, fucking guy. Hollywood movie with his name on it and still can't even get him. All right. Uh, uh I yeah I mean for the uh for the uncle though yeah. um I mean the uncle is really the the big one that has to be totally perfect Liam Neeson um, okay me. no okay I was thinking again hear, hear me out guys hear me out on this one Brad Garrett no. yes Brad no. Garrett no no no, 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 no hear no. me out no very tall you know goofy, what? no honestly lanky. actually like the more I'm thinking about it he's just he's a nut is that the talk no he's he's good he's good as like he's he's just not a leading man all right fine Mark Strong <sighs> Mark Strong I'm almost thinking Mark Sandler. Addy Sandler he's gotta be tall and lanky no that's no. too no that's too just meh it's that, too that's that's, that's, that's the Hollywood we need to make a buck off this yeah. uh, but he would turn it into his own thing uh, right right yeah. it would become a Sandler movie yeah. and what about all... uh, Ty Burrell okay okay you're getting okay. somewhere there. almost yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that yeah like what that. about Ty Burrell opposite uh, as the as who who's the husband there uh I mean yeah. uh, Stephen Root 
Stephen Root is good. He's, he's, he might not, be a little he's old not at this enough. Point. He's not. He's yeah. got to be. There's got to be that sharp edge, that that Vernon Dursley. You know, uh, maybe a Jack Black <laughs> or. Um, no. Oh, it's okay. got to be a. Who's 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 Ky- the alive rip torn? <laughs> Kyle Glass. Ooh, I would say Devito from Matilda. That. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's getting a there. younger Devito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I but think we're, we've we're casting it today. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's Did we cast true. the kid? Not to twenty okay. years. Are there ago. any kid actors these days yeah. that are worthy of? Uh, uh, hey. Yeah, that's the problem. Is like once once you see them, they're already ten years past. Yeah, yeah. Haley Mar- Joel Osment, <laughs> Miranda Cosgrove, exactly. I don't Macaulay know. Culkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Macaulay yeah, Culkin, thirty nine year old Macaulay exactly. Culkin, <laughs> heroin strung out. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin. He's actually he's. I just read an interview uh, with him the other day for Esquire, mm. and uh, he's doing quite well. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Brenda Song, and actually uh, Max a listener. He's uh, yeah. oh, he's a, love well, you, Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you Mac. Call him Mac. He prefers it. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. His friends it's call him nice Mac. Him. I mean, I know you were on first name basis. Yeah. Friends call him Mac. Apparently, Thanks. he's Thanks he's reviving his career with a yeah. new American Horror Story. Yeah. Mm. Also, uh, does Bunny Ears some pod? Okay. Mm. Let's not. I don't just know why I'm plugging all of his. Yeah. Shit. Why are we going on a Mac <laughs> yeah. rant? Wow. All right, Sean. Let's uh, let's take us out of this with a nice, oh, smooth game. Or not. <laughs> None of it's working. It's not working over here. All righty. Well, oh my God. Do you want me to play my, my game, Sean? Oh, boy. not working with the stuff. Uh, you turned it down. Oh, there's what it is. It's so low. Oh, what an amateur it's move. So low. Jesus. All right, gentlemen. the most wondrously fantastic game to ever be had for the files on the internet. The only game where I look up big numbers and test the numbers and we talk about the movies and you just got gross. All right, today we are going to be talking about movies. You could see how red his face is. He is so red. Like, what an error to make as a sound guy. She didn't turn the volume up. Sean. All right, guessing the gross. Doing movies about. Physical comedy. Hence the tantrum. Anyways, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> it's a good tantrum. If at first you don't succeed, lower your standards. In 1995, directed by Peter Siegel, we have Tommy Boy. Oh. <laughs> Speak of the devil and he will appear. Uh, as we said, uh, this what one year? stars Chris Farley. Oh, Jesus. 95. Okay. 1995. Jesus. Chris Farley, David Spade, Brian Dennehy, Bo Derek, Dan Aykroyd, Julie Warner, Sean McCain. Sean McCann? Who the fuck is that? No one else that matters. I love this movie. I re- oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I really do. Clinton. I really just to watch this over and over again. Uh, yeah, this is um, prime college. Also, David Spade, underrated. Yeah, doesn't get a lot of credit. Yeah, you know? his yeah. new talk show is actually fairly decent. YouTube Way better than fucking Abbott. Yeah, actually is. Yeah, he's witty. That's yeah, yeah. his jam, well, and it works yeah. as a talk show. Well, it's host. Hollywood yeah. Minute as a talk show. It works as a yeah. host. It Man. works. Snarky, bitchy. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. cool hats. Yeah. Whatever, hipster. Anyways, gentlemen. What did Tommy Boy make in 1995, Joey? $50 million. $50 million. And Derek? $23 million. $23 million. And Timmer? 
85 $85 million. You guys have way too fond of memories of this movie. It came in at $32 million. Fuck. Derek, Derek is going to take yeah. that away. Yeah. I was going to yeah. do 32 initially. I it raced huge. and did 23. They were huge. I can't believe it. Or was that their breakout? It had more. It was their breakout. It had way more rewatchability. So it was a slow ah, it was burn. a cult, cult yeah. hit. Yeah. It's, it's hard to sell those things as, you know, a um, in a preview. Or yeah, the it, trailers exactly. don't really do it. Yeah. yeah. All right, gentlemen. Next up, the mother of all movies in 1991, directed by Jim Abrams. We have Hot Shots. Hot Shots. The first one. The first one. Not part duo. Just Hot Shots. Mm, please stop with the sibling. <laughs> I, that sibilance is awful. Charlie Sheen, uh, Carrie Elvis. Yules. Uh, Yules. Please. Carrie Yules. <laughs> Lloyd Bridges. Elves. Kevin I met Dunn. Him, by the way. Uh, Should we talk some shit? Christy Swanson. Swanson. Oh, my God. Christy. Christy. Yeah. Get back in the mood. Put it back in. So, gentlemen, in 1991, what did Hot Shots make? Money. Uh, Derek. 35 million. 35. Joey. Damn, I said 35 as well. 35. Holy shit. And we go higher or low? Timmer. High five. 10. We'll $10 million. Dollars. Maybe he wins. Uh, yeah, you guys are going to have to have a walk-off. Okay. Um, what do we do? What do we do? You go one uh, Oh, so we have to guess close? Wait, do you have a closer number, Sean? Do you have like a 35 point whatever? What's Wait, that? really? Is it just 35? No, you guys both guessed the same thing, which would- So one of you is off. right. Well, we so, could change our guesses uh, so now. So okay. it's higher than 35. Higher or lower. What's the number, Sean? 35 is closer than 10. All right, I'm going to go 36, and then you- I go 34. Okay, well then right. Joey wins, because it came in God at $69 million. 69? <sighs> what, when did this come out? This was 1991. And who directed it? This is Hot Nobody. Shots. This one is directed by Mr. Uh, Jim Abrams. Jim JJ's Abrams. Dad. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it, but okay. Uh, he also directed, uh, oh, he was oh, the Airplane. writer for Airplane and the Top writer for Top Secret. And yeah, Navy Police Gun. Squad. And yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm um, honestly, I'm kind of pissed that it made that much money. Well. Second one's really funny. All right, gentlemen. I'm sorry. I like it. Gentlemen. It's, yeah. G gentlemen. I have a story about that. I'll tell you later. Gentlemen. We're here. You'll crack up in 1989. <laughs> so directed good. by Jeremiah Kirsch. We have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I love this movie. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. No, this is just this okay. one obviously stars Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo, Julia Lewis, Johnny Galecki, uh, uh, where John Rudolph, Randy What Quaid. was the exact release date? Uh, December the 1st, 1989. Oh. <laughs> what was the stock market? Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember the Dow Jones? I don't even need to know. I know the NASDAQ. How much did National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation make? $101 million. 101, Joey. 63. 63, and Derek? 93. 93. Uh, this one came in at $72 million. <laughs> Joey's going to take that one away. This sucks when I win. Everyone hates it. Yeah. You can't see, but you you should see this smug prick. He's just sitting over there eating a raisin looking at us. Yeah. Exactly. Fuck you, Joey. Motherfucker. I'll look down from now on. Gentlemen, watch out! 
1997, directed by Sam O. Weissman, we have George of the Jungle. 1997. Oh, 97. Do you know who did the theme song? No. Who? We're going to have to pay some royalties to Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. Really? Yes. Give him money. Mm -hmm. You would fucking know that. (laughs) This one stars Brendan Fraser, Leslie Mann, Thomas Hayden Church. Um, This was one of the few movies I had on VHS as a kid, and I watched it over and over and over. It's not a bad movie. It's actually one of Brendan Fraser. It is pretty good. Brendy. Brendy. Brendan was actually pretty. Yeah, pretty decent. The mummy? Well, I mean, consistently decent. Like, he didn't really have movies where he was ups and up and down. He was always just, you know, solid Brendan Fraser. And we then, knew what we were getting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this He's was the dude. in 1997. Timmer, what did George of the Jungle make? Oh, George boy. Of the Jungle? George of the Jungle. I'd say 68 million bucks. $68 million, Derek. Twenty-two million. Twenty-two and Tim or fucking Joey. Forty-three. The fuck you are. Forty-three million dollars. You guys have no fucking faith in Mr. George oh, or Mr. Weird Al. This one came in at one hundred and five million dollars. Like a Weird Al takes Timmer credit. Is going to take that away. <laughs> Thank God. Yep. Yep. Thank God. Thank All right. God. Is that really worth thanking God over? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Praise him. Praise him. Gentlemen, the wild life is wild, but his brother-in-law is unbearable. Mm. In 1988, <laughs> directed by Howard Deutsch, we have The Great Outdoors. I love how you fuck up every day. <laughs> These poor directors. Another movie. Douche. It's, their, it's like their only life yeah, goal to right, be set in a podcast right. and yeah. have their name fucked up by Sean. Yep. Another movie that I grew up on. Oh, The Great Outdoors is a fantastic movie. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. That cabin is actually way smaller than you expect it to be once you actually get in there. Have you been there? Yeah, that's the cabin on the Universal lot. Um, It is a, like, weirdly tiny when you're actually, like, each of those I was just on the lot the other day. Where is it? Um, It is back by the pool with the big giant green screen, blue screen thing. This is Um, applicable for, like, one person. Well, anyone that wants to take the Universal back lot tour, you can certainly drive past the wonderful cabin. That's chilling for Universal. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That is, like, fucking bullshit. Um, Anyways... Timmer, how much did it make? Oh, fuck. I don't know. 89 million bucks. $89 million, says Timmer. You know why? Because look at those trees. Trees. Mm-hmm. I just see trees. Look yeah. at those bees. See that? Save those snails. Save those it's, whales. A, it's a great outdoors quote, you fucks. Yeah. Sorry, I was doing Derek, how much did it fucks. make? $80 million. $80 million. And Joey. It's 70 $70 million. Ooh. Jesus, you guys had way too much faith in this one. This one came oh, in at $41 million. Joey wins it James all. It's, it's it like Ramus, isn't it? All right. Um, I don't think that's Ramus. No, it's not Ramus, but it's, it's like late Ramus esque. Albert Brooks? What? No, it's not fucking Albert Brooks. Great Outdoors? I have no idea. I've never seen him. Bobbert. Oh, it's really good. Oh. Have you not seen it? You've no. not seen the Great Outdoors? Outdoors? No. Dan, Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's Dan Aykroyd. Dan it's uh, Candy. It's, uh, John, Candy. John, Candy. John Candy. Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Yeah. Love Candy. Fuck me. Annette Benning's in it. Yes. Yep. I forget. She's Dan Aykroyd's <laughs> wife. She's really funny. Yeah, I like Annette Benning. It's, it's very good. <laughs> it's it's just it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a good comedy. Yeah. Okay. I'll check it out. It's fun. Gentlemen, thank you for playing the most wondrously fantastic game on the internet. This has been Yes, Look It Up!
Okay, now yeah. time for everyone's favorite segment, sound. Hey, see you guys later. Anyways, the music. Let's start with that. I like the music a lot. I thought it was really cute, Sean. It added to the tone. I felt like I was listening to the same accordion for an hour and a half. Let's be honest, it was repetitive. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, there was definitely it was only just like... lighthearted, jaunty, little fucking stupid, happy, cartoony <sighs> comedy mu- music. It's tough to goddamn <laughs> splice tape in 1958, Sean. We only got so many rolls of tape. It's expensive. It's really, the razor blades are tough. Uh, for those of you in the audience, Joey just got himself a tape uh, deck. So he is uh, uh, surrounded by loops right now trying to uh, get everything. Yeah, My life is tape. Mm-hmm. My life is magnetic. <sighs> Anyways, Christ. I don't care anymore about that. Let's move on from that tape. Uh I did like the gypsy jazz. It was nice. It was a French touch. Uh, I used a lot of the French style music. Sean was right, accordion all over the place. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of cutesy. I, I didn't think they overdid it. It, it was definitely repetitive. But yeah, I mean, it worked for what it was. The movie was repetitive. So like the music yeah. being repetitive just kind of worked. I think the fact that there was almost all ADR yeah. led itself to a lot of great sound design and music moments. Because if you're not worrying about production dialogue, you can really nail down every single effect and Foley sound from the opening of a beer can to the side, you know, the. <sighs> there were a couple of sounds that really pissed me off though. Let's I'll talk tell about you that. them. Sure. Um, the, the bedding sound of the kids oh, gathered around yeah. the bu- uh, around the rock, uh, placing their coins on the rock to bet whether people. I think were that's for added comedy, is what I'm. I I do believe because I, it sounds like the thing that you would put it in in like a casino to like place a bet. Yeah, it sounds like it's going yeah. into a, a metal hopper rather yeah. than going onto a rock or something. So I, I'm sure I, French people were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah they use that. There song. might be yeah some yeah. sort of connotation with the, the old slot machines or something there, but yeah. but um, in I don't a modern think context, I agree with you, Sean. I think it's not big enough yeah, for yeah. that joke, exactly. but not realistic enough yeah. for the realism. Mm. I agree. And I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, you have well, to- Because they had spent so much of the rest of this movie actually concentrating on sound. Like, this is a really good sound design movie in most of the parts. And I was kind of like almost in awe of some of the things they were doing. And then they'd get to some of these moments where they just totally dropped the ball, yeah. I thought. Well, you did mention maybe one or two bad moments, but I think that's not c- quite fair because sure. you're, you're right. This is a really well done sound yeah, yeah. movie. There is some and, and fucking the, great effects. But that's why the bad moments stand out so much more. Be, uh, yeah. I know. I just I just want to point out it's it's not quite fair that we're totally. starting with the you, bad stuff. You're not wrong. Uh, was there something specifically you loved? Was there a specific moment you were like, holy shit, that's cool? Or um, or is there one sound you like, like the door or I don't know the yeah. The, I mean the the, the, the door I liked, but I didn't like that it wasn't consistent. So there there was like the buzzing of the door sound that like it felt like they kind of gave up I, on halfway. Through. I like that. I like that because I felt like the door was like fuck it. I'm not doing it anymore. It was like the door. It was like the door was its own. Per- Person. It was like, fuck you, I'm not buzzing anymore for this mm. motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's great. I love that. Uh, the sound of the fountain, though, was mostly decent. There were a couple of times where it just sounded like a bathtub running, um, but most of it was really well done. And like, just that concept of like turning the fountain on when you have a guest, but like, oh, when it's a guest, we don't care about, we're going to turn it back off and just. But they were smart with it. They didn't yeah. just have it turn off. They had it like gurgle yeah, a little yeah. bit and then it burped a little bit. And yeah, they got some comedy out of yeah. even just those moments of I turning think, something on and off. I think that's kind 
kind of the overall thrust of what I want to say, and that they're able to simply use sound design as the humor. Well, yeah, they milked comedy out of pretty much everything they could in here. So, yeah, just turning something on and off, the sound, you know, all of these things come together much more strongly. Like we were talking about earlier, we don't get that in comedies these days. Um, It is usually just, you know, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley sitting around a table and improving for eight hours, and then you cut that down to a five-minute scene, and then we have to sit through it. And I think there's some of the funniest moments yeah. that, that are just sound comedy I can think of. I thought one of the funniest moments was the off-screen sound of the kitchen. There was mm-hmm. some funny stuff when she was just like ventilation. Yeah, just we the just clatter. To, and- yeah, I mean, even just like the fountain kind of coming on and off when he stepped on the fountain and, mm-hmm. and it came on and off. That was cute. Yeah. I thought that really worked well. Oh. The uh, the little secretary lady clip clopping around the office. Sure. I love that fucking that was, sound. That was fun. Mm-hmm. The sound of him clipping the menorahs. Oh yeah, yeah. that was yes. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The vine branches. Things. Well, also yeah. just the the image of uh, while he was clipping the menorahs at night, oh, the yeah. image of them in the tandem. shadow thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was special. It, that it, was. it was so. It's so obvious to see that Wes Anderson has taken a yeah, yeah. lot of influence, and none of the good. Hey. It, it had a quirky <laughs> layer, that's for sure. I, I can, yeah. It had I a little of the tone. Both. Yeah. Um, West Anderson a lot of rig- rhythmic sound, too, that's, that's really good, too. I think you're right, Tim. I'm sorry, Derek. <laughs> Whatever my name is, sorry. Yeah, the like it adds to, like it's blending sound effects with the actual like score going on. And yeah. I thought that that was really cool and probably pretty ahead of its time for Very doing much. that. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I mentioned, uh, I wrote in my notes, subjective sound. There's a lot of times there's like a lot of wide shots where you theoretically would never hear a specific sound like them fucking with, you know, something in their kitchen or something like that. But they obviously increased it in the mix just to be like, okay, focus on this, focus on this, focus on this. Mm. It's not realistic, but it's- It's like some Robert Altman shit. It is. Or mm-hmm. even- it's, Timely, yeah. Honestly. It's very, it's very well done. But That's in the fifties, it's rare. Love about that era of sound is the like the specificity of mm-hmm. certain things. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg does it a lot. And that's the classic. Ben, ben Bird obviously is the master of all sound design, but I think he's really Ben Bird. Ben Burt. Ben Burt. Ben Burt is the guy who designed all the Star Wars sounds, Indiana Jones. He's oh. even the voice of Wally. Uh, so he's done a lot of Pixar oh, stuff. Wow. But he designed the lightsaber, Chewbacca, R2D2, you know. Darth Vader. We can go on and on. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, Ben Bird. He's like the most famous sound designer. You can you know see him. Some great uh, YouTube videos of him talking about how he created this lightsaber sound effect. He was uh-huh. uh, a graduate student in USC, and he was uh, running a projector. And the projector's motor made a humming sound. So he recorded that, and he got this other buzzing sound from when he passed by a picture tube, like a broken TV. So he combined the broken TV and the, and the projector sound to create the lightsaber. Wow. And then he was like, you know what? I need something else. So then he played that sound through a speaker and then had a microphone in his hand and used the microphone almost like a sword and f- and moved the sword across the speaker to give it sign hmm. of this Doppler effect. So that was the sound of the vroom, vroom, vroom. So it was almost like the sound effect played back as like a Foley sound. Wow. And this was, again, 1977, you know, with tape. So again, just the revolutionary. So I love you, Ben Burt. Thank you. <laughs> we owe very, you. very interesting stuff. Thank yeah. you, Joseph. Your ben Burt corner. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we should all love Ben Burt because there would be no sci-fi sound effects. After yeah. That, yeah. Because honest to goodness, my favorite sound effect of all time is the lightsaber. There's, there's a reason. I think it's like the iconic. Will always be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
And if it, one more thing about that was that the reason why he, I think he did such a great job is they gave him pictures. Um, I think it's Ralph McQuarrie who did all the, the concept art for Star Wars. They gave him pictures before he like you know made the sounds. This is such a great lesson. Like you know if you're if you're making a horror movie, take a picture of the, your location, this creepy ass you know uh, mm. jail where you're doing it, and then give it to your composer, give it to your sound designer. That will help you so Something much. To work with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. any little bit of inspiration. I think sometimes if you have like a weird looking character, give me your headshot and I can be like, okay, I can think of a theme for that weird looking dude or something like that. I, any little bit of inspiration is helpful. So yeah, I always say that to, you know, up and coming filmmakers. Well, especially if you want your music to be done b during your edit. <laughs> like, yeah. That's another thing is like the more leeway, you know, the more lead time is the better. Exactly. Okay. Um, any other specific sounds, Derek, that you kind of loved? Any, I mean, I can think of a few more that I loved, but I don't know, any sound effects that were popped um, up for you? There, not, I mean, not direct. I, I mean, obviously like the, we, we mentioned the, the fountain thing that like most of the sound effects that go with the practical gags that they have are like, I think for the most part, really well done mm -hmm. and, uh, and kind of stand on their own just about, um, I, there's one other, like, um, there was one other thing that I, so I already mentioned the opening and closing of the doors during the um, during that that scene that kind of opens when they're going in and out of when they're going into the school. Yeah. But when they return to it, uh, they have like a slightly different sound. Did you guys notice that? I did not. So the the door close in that is like slightly a little more kind of like muted uh, because they don't have the exciting music going on. Hmm. Uh, but the other thing that's in that same scene, because this is also the scene where they bump the cars, you know, and they do their little practical joke on the cars. When they bump the cars, there's like a kind of metallic sound that it sounds like actually getting hit, mm -hmm. which I don't think yeah, necessarily was... would actually be there. That's like oh, added in yeah. for effect and everything. Uh, and so initially, like, I it kind of bothers me a little bit, but then I I don't know if possibly in the 50s if you did that hard enough to like one of those cars it would make a metallic whoosh like that um <laughs> but it does because it's not realistic yeah yeah it seems well, yeah, like the the impact of a, one car hitting another car is a much different sound than a child yeah. throwing their body against a car well i guess what i'm saying is, the is foley it, it, they used was very clearly a collision yeah yeah it sounded like yeah. so is it just and that so it breaks it the fourth wall kind of thing for you guys it takes for me you out it does yeah it was definitely. yeah it was off-putting you yeah. know it was jarring I wouldn't I say it breaks the fourth wall, exactly. but it, makes you it was think, jarring. What were you saying? So I didn't think they needed it. Okay. I didn't, I, they, they could have got it across without having done that. Yeah. Um, I think it was like almost like they were trying to sell that like, to us so that we would believe the reaction of the people in yeah. the scene. Yeah. It's like right? they, they didn't which have is, enough faith in their own joke. Which mm. is, you know, strong weak points, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. a weak scene. Yeah. They could have well, written I mean, it better. They could have written it out. The scene's yeah. good, but that the choice is bad, the I think. The scene is okay. The concept is the better than the scene The movie's great, itself. Derek, but mm -hmm. the scene isn't great. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's it's kind of a weak scene. 
it doesn't add a whole lot to it anything. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. We just yeah. kind of. It's just kind of more. They could have. They. It's something that, that could have been that could have yeah. been easily written around or written out. The yeah, only. Yeah. The only really, really, really important thing that happens there is, of course, the the fact that they get in trouble and he we're introduced to the kids. The, well, the he has his hand behind his back, and then the kid comes around and grabs it, which is then repeat. That's a repeated uh, image oh, at the end of the film. Yeah. So that yeah. part's really important. Um. Yeah. Uh, but you can achieve that. But just you could about any, yeah. any other scene. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Easily yeah. written around or written out. Totally. Uh, the other thing I would point out about the fountain scene is there was there was a moment where uh, we had the fountain throughout the entire scene, and then they cut off the fountain, and it was ridiculously overpowering the silence. Like that absence of the fountain was just as powerful as the the presence was in all of the other scenes. Absolutely. I, yeah, I just thought that was you know just interesting to point out in that like you always think of sounds as like you know bigger and better and more is better and adding and you know building this thing, but just silence can be so fucking deafening. And I yeah. think that we kind of mentioned the fountain, but I think the fountain is so great because it mentions it's it's how the family views the guest. Yeah, you yeah. know, are they trying to put on airs for this person or not? And when they see the person, then they yep. take the fountain away. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. an insult to the guy who's delivering the fruit or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but I, then I thought, when the neighbor comes over, right. the, the full fountain, and then when the neighbor comes over, it's meeting each other down the path. Whereas when the guy comes to deliver fruit, he has to walk all the way up the windy path. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, Derek, about Jacques Tati, because obviously I don't know much about him, but God bless you. He mentioned <laughs> he reminds me of Brisson. And I'm wondering if what's going on in the in France in the late fifties. Why are they all so good with sound design? Yeah, what so, is going on? So they were I mean, they were pretty close with each other from my understanding. So they were kind of they were pretty strong influences on each other. Um okay. they took so they would take a very long time to make these films. Tati more so than than Son. Tati only made six films, and he got his start, I think, in forties or the thirties, maybe hmm. four, may, early forties, I think. So that's a that's a long time because he he went well into the seventies to make only six films over that amount of time. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. And uh, I th- I think that, and and even in this interview that I'd I'd read. With Tati, he was talking about the fact that him and Brisson were the only ones who kind of would push hard enough to be able to make the film that they wanted to make. Um, he kind of saw that he he saw new and upcoming uh, f- uh, younger filmmakers, which of course around this time would have been uh, like Godard and Faux and basically the French New Wave, mm-hmm. which this was just a little bit before French New Wave, really. Um, old wave, uh, yeah, I guess old wave, uh, wave, yeah, maybe just wave, wave, just French, wave, bro. French, French, French wave. wave, yeah. Um, and so, uh, hello, and so, <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> Whatever hello in French is. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> no, I think that's bye. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's bye. Yeah. Maybe that's podcast. the French wave is like always goodbye. Oh, it's onion. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's good. Arrested good, good rest of development good. reference. Go that's that's good. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think maybe it, maybe it has a lot to do with that. All, all, okay. Most of these sets are like constructed. Yeah, um, uh, they're like I like I said, it is based upon certain, and they would 
<coughs> put them in certain places, like Joinville being one of those places, which apparently you can actually still go see the the street that uh, oh, really? Mononcle is like in the title sequence, the when it's written on the wall there. Mm. Okay. That street's still there. Cool. So the you can actually go to that. there from production? Uh, no. <laughs> no, that's graffiti's not. But um, but you can actually still physically go and see that street. But um, but there's you know, you know, most of the other things are constructed, like his house that he lives in, that was like fake. Yeah. Um the yeah, cause no um, one in the right goddamn mind would no. live in that fucking wackadoo. It's a maze, right? It's a Pee Wee Herman crazy. fucking yeah. dream mansion. Yeah. Like, and really the is. and the uh, obviously the Arpels house, though so that's of course the modernist house that's mm. in this. That was also uh, recreated, and actually, there's a there, in some French museum. There's a life size version of this inside cool. a museum in France. It's such a big deal, but um, uh, yeah. I mean, I I think it's just that. I think it's just them really like working and and focusing on their own thing, you know. And uh, I, he had one success before this. This was really his second big film. Uh, and then this one was... What was his uh, success before this? Uh, he had Monsieur Hulot's uh, Holiday, I think it's called. Oh, okay. Um, that was before this. That's before this. Because yeah. there was a couple of films with Hulot as a character, right? Oh, so uh, he is Tati, like... Tati is Hulot. Tati is Hulot, yeah. So Hulot. I didn't know Tati was Hulot. Okay. Oh, no. you didn't know that? Did no. not know that until yeah. just now. Okay. Wait, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's Tati. The, yeah. Like uh, the director's like, the uncle. Like in yeah. Rules yeah. of yeah. the I didn't Game. Know that how, show um, how? I just learned that now. Just what's his that. nuts? Was the guy. Yeah, what's his nuts? Yeah, you know what's his nuts for oh, rules of the game. Remember, he was the guy. Taika Waititi started in his own movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Jack Taddy. Yeah. Renoir. You talk about Renoir. <laughs> Renoir. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just yeah. want to point out one you interesting thing. Is Octave. <laughs> Octave. 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 Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. The, he, he wrote The Illusionist. I didn't know that. The 2010 movie. He's still alive? So he wrote and directed a movie in 78 and then nothing until 2010. Until The Illusionist? And then he wrote The Illusionist. Do you guys know that wow. one with uh, yeah. Edward Norton? Yeah. Oh, not horrible. Uh, it's Norton. Oh, no, wait. It's not Edward Norton. I'm sorry. It's a different movie. Jesus Christ. Uh, I was going to say, what the fuck Whoa. is this? The, it's the same somewhat That's the year. prestige, right? I think both of those came no, out at the same time. Yeah, it's a different illusionist. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, not, okay. There were two illusionists. Well, the prestige was Nolan. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm That's kind of crazy. But it is 2010. What the fuck are you talking hmm. about? What? He made a movie in 2010. Dude was still alive and working. That's the amazing part. Oh, he took wow. a break from 78 to 2010. <laughs> that's a crazy break. Yeah. Jacques Tati made The Illusionist? He wrote it. He wrote it. Wrote it. That's so maybe The Illusionist or A Illusionist? It's called The, the Illusionist. Illusionist. Right, but it's the, it's the like, French it's the one, Okay, so it's a Norton, different one than we're Jessica thinking. Biel. No, to totally different. That's what he's Whoa. saying. Oh. It's a French version. That's what I'm trying to figure oh, out. I'm no, sorry. So he, he died. <laughs> in, Jesus Christ! He, he died in Hold 1982. On. Welcome, welcome so. How did he write it? I don't know how he wrote it. Like it in must French. be his story. Yeah, because he he died in like 1982. You said he wrote it. The original French yes, script. Yes, be. I mean, he probably has stuff left over. I guess. So. Yeah, you know. Bonjour, um, Mr. Jackman. <laughs> Wow, that was a train wreck. Yeah, yeah. Bit of one. <laughs> yeah, but Tati, so Tati normally played Hulot uh, okay. in most of his movies. Hello. There are some in which he didn't, uh, which uh, people would get upset about if Hulot was not like 
the main character in it, it'd be kind of like having like a Chaplin movie without, you yeah. know, without yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the... Or a Kevin Smith yeah. movie without Jay and Silent Bob. Fair. <laughs> sure. Fair God, enough. We'll, we'll go... With I agree with Sean. State was correct. I agree with Sean. I agree with Sean. Don't let that become a drop. Yoga hosers <laughs> sucks. Very true. Um, also, please don't let it. Tusk was fucked up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But he he actually, so later he has one that's that's really great too called uh, Playtime, mm-hmm. which he did in 70 millimeter. And uh, every once in a while, uh, they show it at the Arrow um, mm. in it's 70 millimeter print where's pretty the arrow incredible. uh los angeles uh, which one is that though? los feliz the arrow theater no which los angeles oh the yeah california california oh. and that's the united states california of course yes. if you're looking on a google yeah. map. that one yeah, yeah. That one. yeah. All right, very good if very you trust good. the internet yeah uh just sorry one more quick thing about the sound i love the plastic bubbles Mm. From the plastic, uh, the bubbles in the hot dogs, really cute. The bloops and yeah. the bleeps, the sausages. Yeah. What about the? What about some the really, really wonka shit? Yeah, yeah. it was close. Gives yeah. getting there, and it had that feel. I mean, yeah. it was a Willy Wonka character. I definitely felt a lot. I have of that. to. I have to say that was for me the first time I watched it. My biggest laugh was when he when he has the. In the kitchen, he drops the like thing, bouncy the thing, and then he oh, drops and the, the glass. glass. And the yeah, glass yeah. is so when good. The glass it's breaks. so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It was just so simple, but yeah, it was yeah. perfect. Yeah. Uh, I also just want to say the background sound was really good. A lot of great yeah. birds and walla, you know, just even the fountain is kind of that ever present background. But, it, you know, just the, the crowd chatter. I think I mentioned walla before, mm. but, uh, you know, the peas and the carrots. Just yeah. saying that over and over again. It was really well done. I think it was just gave it a sense of peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Let's do a little right now so we can record it for people. Let's go. Jenny and me. One, two, three. Peas and carrots. 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 Okay. And cut. Jesus. Use that in your film. We're going to be in movies, guys. Yeah, we're going to be famous. Not necessarily a sound that I loved, but a sound that announced something that I loved was the sound of the lawnmower. Uh, we had that. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. a lawnmower. That was cute. Yeah, that little tri- tricycle lawnmower. <laughs> was fantastic. You know what's great about that, Sean, too, is that they introduced it first before exactly. they cut there. Yeah, a yeah. couple times. Yep. It wasn't just like one time they introduced it. No, it was like, yeah. what is that sound? What is that sound? Yep. What the fuck is that sound? And then yeah, they're giving the it to you. Yeah. yeah, they build up to the anti-climax. Well done. No, that Classic was a climax. Comedy. That the the reveal of that that bicycle lawnmower was fantastic. Yeah, like to me that 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 was a good payoff. When she turns, yeah. yeah, when she turns kind of towards camera and it's like leaning yeah, yeah. to the, like the <laughs> left. <laughs> yes, because like, it's such a rickety prop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's so great. It felt like a happy accident to it's, me. Almost, yeah, yeah. maybe Probably was. All right, Sean. Let's talk about how this movie looked. What'd you think of its? Uh, Look, it looked wide, beautiful, yeah. wide, <laughs> big and wide and beautiful. big and wide. Um, yeah, I mean, it was mostly wide shots. It was all about the blocking. It was all about where you put things and lots of framing shots. So lots of like looking through the gate and like looking over the fence and looking around, you know, objects and yeah, doing a little Vogue action of framing our characters. <laughs> Come on. Um, 
as I mentioned already, almost no close-ups in this entire movie. Um, very little, even medium shots. Very little time. I, I mean, it's we're almost never like in the personal space of the characters. It's all very observational, very sort of separated. Even when they're having conversations, we're not in their eye line. We're very, um, we're, we're much more uh, perpendicular to them than we are like in with mm-hmm. them. So you feel the tension between characters, but you don't necessarily feel like you're a part of that. So in a way, it kind of allows you to observe this uh, uh, absurdity without feeling a party to it or without yeah, feeling I feel like the world is the the main character yeah, in yeah. this mm-hmm. film. Exactly. And that's yeah. why we don't need to go close up because none of yeah. these people are that important, monocle included. Even their conversations are mundane and useless and not really doing anything. Yeah, because the anything. world and the absurdity of it yeah. is, you know— they're, they're, the talking, they're talking about something stupid in the yard, but then there's the fountain that's spewing up behind him and he's got to step on it. And it's like, just great. Yeah, yeah. You don't care about what they're talking about. It's like, you know, what wine is this or whatever, but like mm-hmm. it's, it's all in the actions that you're seeing. So that, I mean, yeah, that is kind of the, is certainly a lesson that modern comedies can uh, take from this. It's just that comedy and plays in the dude, wide. You yeah. know, you, there's Some, so yeah. many things in this movie where it's just like, yep, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen yeah, it. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. I, I, I did love all the wides. I think you're absolutely right about all the comedy plays in the wides. But there is one thing I noticed, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, wrong. is that I felt that it was missing those point of view shots from the kid mm-hmm. and then again, maybe that's just because the title is my uncle that's but the- i was thinking like it would have been a nice thing to get a little more feeling about or empathy about that character especially at the end it would have paid off a little more if we got a little more point of view stuff from him but i it wouldn't have been as funny but it would have given us a little more pathos i think i, I don't yes, think so- it would have served the overall goal of the film well okay. what, what I, have I you had mentioned I think- I think it would have. I don't remember who mentioned it, but someone said that this movie was mostly from the perspective of the kid. And I think if that was actually the intent, that wasn't necessarily something that I felt. But if that was the intent, then yes, some images from that perspective would definitely have been helpful to sort of solidify that concept. Yeah. No, I, I don't think, think it was the perspective Yeah, of I didn't kid. think this movie was the perspective of anyone really no. other than the town itself. I agree. No, I, I honestly just maybe wish a little more was. And that's just because the title, I think, is throwing me, maybe. That that's Maybe. the thing, yeah. And well, the, I also didn't know that translation until after I finished watching the movie. So also, I, I, I think didn't the, have the, that hurdle. The ending is really throwing me too. It's just the ending seems like the whole thing is about the kid and his dad and the relationship and and that coming together at the end. So I'm thinking, I, I, I mean, I, the uncle is hilarious and funny, but I just didn't get the connection that the uncle's uh, antics were really bringing the father and the son together. It was more just like, uh, this is silly. And and maybe, I don't know. I, I got it. I well, got it. But I just think it could have been a little, that's all, a little more with maybe a couple more shots that would- I think the ending feel. was about as important as, uh, what was that other French uh, uh, Rafifi. Rafifi? Mm. Yeah, how it just randomly ends with the kid having like a thing with his dad, mm. you know? You say mm. you think this was random? Well, I, I just think it was, I, I think it's that the kind ending, of a nice place to end more it was, than like. It was one of those like, you know, just sort of ends yeah. rather okay. than like a, than a, 
a grand statement. Well, yeah, and uh, it just uh, yeah. it just sort of had a plot. That's at least how I statement. feel about like, it. I could be wrong. The reason why I don't think that it was just a random thing is because of the woman running into the pole. So I feel like that was trying mm-hmm. to say that you should embrace, you know, the lighter things in life and that the uncle taught that to the kid and then the kid kind of taught that to the father or and they Yeah, this the mm. simple pleasures over all this technological bullshit that yeah. isn't really improving our life at all. That is just making us yeah. That's fair. Fair. It's like, Dad, stop being so serious. Yeah, yeah. Learn to enjoy yourself. Yeah. And which yeah. is a nice I mean, you know? there's like a ton of movies like that too. Now yeah. the modern movies. But I I think the problem with this movie is that it was unfocused in that. Like that's not something it feels like that's almost tacked on to the end rather than something that is a through story throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree there. It feels yeah. it feels more like a Which is and just based upon the title thing. and everything kind of put together with it. Um, like a nostalgic memory, yeah, yeah, like told by like the like the kid's grown up, yep. maybe, and he has this as like a some memory mm-hmm. of like when he knew his uncle mm-hmm. and blah 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 before his uncle moved away, kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. The the story is more of a feeling than a story. It yeah, is a yeah, it is living in this this world rather than yeah anything about these specific characters. And, that, and that's the reason I, I so. You know, after years and years and years and years of watching it, seeing it several times, you know, and I I have a nostalgic feeling for it. Like when I go back and I hear the song, I like it's like revisiting mm. something that I, rem- you know, it's kind of like going back and seeing sure. the characters. How old and I don't even know their this? name. Uh, I must have, uh, mm, 2005? Okay, so, so you weren't a child. You were, I wasn't a child. Yeah, it's, Okay. I yeah. think it has a very nostalgic feel. I, yeah. I, at the mm-hmm. end, obviously just the bookends with the dogs is very kind of interesting. Yeah. It makes you very m- that memorable thing. But I like the meant? veil at the end too, like how they just kind of had the yeah. curtain come across. That was an interesting- It's like the last kind of, it's possibly almost even a POV shot. Well, there's nothing that leads us to believe that, but it's the first shot where we're well, like- Whose POV is it, Derek? I have no idea. Like, But that's that's the, another thing I'm getting. It seems like a memory. It seems like It a, is a once upon a time yeah. feel, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. There is, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one because I'm, I'm kind of curious what the, the veil is supposed to mean, but it could just be, you know, this is all kind of a, a fairy tale. This is mm-hmm. all kind of have this gloss over top of the whole story. I also yeah. wonder how much of this is cultural in that like we as Americans with American movies mm-hmm. are always looking for that moral or that goal Maybe. or that thing that like we think has to be there. Whereas like this is just more of a feeling in a time and a place than it is about, you know, trying to achieve or get you to think or, you know, you know get you to, it's not propaganda as much as it is just a mood. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, I know. I actually, I think that's a great point. And I wish we had a French person to kind of tell us the nuances of French culture in that I'm way. I'm not letting right. a French person in here. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Oh, He's got yeah. weapons. Boy, oh. there goes all our subscribers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of the bye, French. Bye, Because Mr. this is a Donut. French film, Mr. Donut, so they're Donut. listening to this one. Yeah. Well, no, well, he left earlier. Fuck I did Mr. want to say Donut. one more thing about the, the color. I I, know, I noticed the color was really cool. I just liked mm. the look of it. I thought it was really bright. It was very vivid. It was very vivid. so 60s. Yeah. And it was, it, it, the production of design of this, like, because France in that time period was the absolute pinnacle of culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, and okay. very much so in the 60s as well. And I could feel so much in the production design of this, yeah. what people were looking at and thinking, oh my God, I need this. That, and going into the 60s with that mindset 
if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, you know, that's those exactly. circular windows, that modernist architecture, all of that stuff, you know, so French, but so just, you know, the, it, this production design was a foretaste of what was to come, you know? Yeah. I loved your Tim Burton reference. I didn't really put that together when I was watching, but it's so, yeah, he definitely took some stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the, um, you know, that Edward Scissorhands, like the, the color palette is almost exactly the same. That really vibrant pastel sort of, um, muted, but certain colors are just very, very vibrant. Like the reds in this movie just really popped more so that reds and greens were really hyper in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of everything else was sort of muted and dusty and dark. Before yeah. I move on, I wanted to also point out the uses of shapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, was And Tim kind of talked about this too with the, with the windows. But And I, I think this was one of the best scenes was when he went back and tried to cut the menorah and we had the two... It was so, so well done. We had the two uh, parents in the eyes, you mm-hmm. know, as they were the pupils of the eyes looking down and away. It was just, yeah, so well done. And that's yeah. the, that's the power of symmetry, you know, in imagery. And, yeah. yeah. And I thought that was so like, yeah, about well, way ahead of its time. I actually felt myself yeah. kind of trying to like get myself out of focus to look at the whole image mm-hmm. as if it was like a face, yeah. you know, and then looking mm. back and then looking into, so it even gave you those two dimensions while and you're watching it. Stuff yeah. like that with comedy gives things rewatchability it makes yeah. something so fun to watch again and again mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of comedies that lack that and you watch yeah. it one time and it's like cool yeah oh and you i know? think the wide shots did leave That's a lot of that for people that are trying to make comedies I'm, to i'm forgetting i'm sorry learn, I I oh no, no 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 i'm done i'm done i was just you were you were stepping over <laughs> like my finishing point the trailing off and, and you've ruined it and there's really no way for <laughs> me wasn't to kind of point i'll the never get it part back <laughs> To jump on Tim's point there real quick, um, (laughs) one thing I would point out is that physical comedy tends to be rewatchable, whereas intellectual written jokes are funny usually once. So, you know, unless it's like got that, unless it's a quotable line, mostly those comedy like written things, you you know, you find them funny, but less funny. Flash in the pan a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. because Step Brothers was huge, but when was the last time you watched it? Exactly. To jump on Sean's point about uh, (laughs) Tim's point. And make a point here. Holy I think the point shit. was right that <laughs> is this a trident yet? <laughs> I think I, I I really think that uh, having watched this several times, um, I could tell you that like uh, you'll see. I, I saw different things. Like for instance, this time I noticed that uh, we actually see Hulo, and he's introduced with his back to us mm. in the shot. And we don't pay really attention yeah. to him, especially the first time we're watching, because the other dude's brooming in front, and we're paying attention to that action going on. We also on. have no idea who characters you have are, no or idea what who to it do is. Or look yeah, at, you yeah. don't know yet. Um, and so, and so, it's fascinating that that's the case, because again, that b- brings in that whole realism of this being an mm. actual place, mm. an actual, you know, totally. Um, uh, Tati is quoted as having said uh, that geometric lines do not produce likable people. Mm. Um, and so, Very true. And so, uh, and, so uh, and, and talking about that, like as far as the uh, Villa Arpel, that's the place that they lived mm. um, with the two windows. Uh, there's a sight gag before I forget that I wanted to talk about too that I really like. Well, actually, sorry, it's a light gag, Ooh. which is with the... Um, 
with the bird at the beginning. Remember how he positions the window oh, so yeah. it shines yeah. onto the bird? That was nice. I, I love that shot over it where we too. see yeah, where we see the little the little like stream of light and him mm-hmm. adjusting it. Yeah. Uh really Super cool, super Which, well done. Really well done how it was, how it pays off too. Because mm-hmm. he's just like a douchebag fiddling with a window for way too long before they turn around and actually pay it off. And when they mm-hmm. do pay it off, you're like, oh fuck, really? Okay, cool. I'm down, movie. And yeah. yeah. I think another great gag we want to we got to mention is when the the nerd guy the factory uh, scientist starts digging uh, in, oh, in yeah. the yard <laughs> yep. uh, to try to fix the fountain. Oh, that was that was my favorite one. Honestly, <laughs> was it when he popped up? It, when when he popped up, it was just <laughs> fucking hilarious. It, it was, was just I was yeah. not expecting it at all. Yeah, I, I love absurdist comedy. It's my very favorite thing. Mm. And just yeah, when when you cut to and all of a sudden he's shoulder deep in the fucking ground after just starting to do, it's funny yeah i agree yeah. i thought that was definitely one of the top moments in the movie absolutely yeah. well top top like gag comedy bits yeah sure. but it also made me think about the production of it like was he, was he just on, kind of on set being like you know what maybe it'd be hilarious if he just popped up or was or is that like in the script i don't know what do you guys think it was more improv or i know it's that an easily so. improv thing but it's also a really easily written thing because it's the funniest thing yeah. to do uh-huh. You know, when you're writing it, it's like, what's the funniest thing to do? And if you're shooting it, it's, you know, acting it, it's like, what's the funniest thing I can do? Honestly, yeah. like, so. probably takes three hours to dig that hole. Like, that's yeah. not just a random. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> like, right, right. That's right. not something. Also, that, yes. Point. Yes. Point. yes. Fantastic point. Yeah. <laughs> Creative yeah. mind, productive mind. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. Imagine the amount of time that they took to do all of these things, yeah. like build the house. All the contraptions. The, oh everything. my God. It's yeah. like nuts. This film was a technological wonder. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I really was thinking that too. I was like, wow, the fountain, like they had like a, a control for the fountain turning yeah. on and off. That was that, pretty good. Uh, and with uh, yeah. Pee Wee Herman stuff. So like the the Tim Burton Pee-wee's uh Pee-wee's Big Adventure uh definitely was reminiscent of like all of that kitchen stuff. And like the movie all of, terrified me as a kid. Oh Large Marge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's yeah, horrifying. Yeah. But uh but no, all the kitchen stuff. I mean, it was very stark and very non-colorful in this, but it was all like still there. Like the thing that just kind of barely works and almost does the function, but is still just kind of stupid in its face mm. as well. Like the garage door, like having a mm. system where it only opens from the outside and it closes when the dog walks by. Like it seems cool on its face and it seems like something rich people would be conned into buying. And then once they're stuck in their garage, yeah, <laughs> hijinks ensue. Yeah. Well, Everyone dies of fucking carbon monoxide poisoning. But <laughs> I thought that was so interesting. The uh, the maid's reaction <laughs> to the the electricity or that ju- pissed me off. Why? Um, oh my god! Yes, honestly, strong weak points. Yeah, strong mm. weak points. Mm. Why, Tim? The, the it was so out of character for the whole film because everything was very underplayed. You know, the people didn't understand how silly things were. Yeah, and that's what made it funny. And then this actress from fucking like whatever Abbott and Costello episode that I thank yeah. God I wasn't on. Thank fucking God I wasn't on that episode. But. <laughs> Either way, she didn't fit in the film. <laughs> we thank God, too. It was a good yeah. episode. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. Uh, but no, I mean, what I would say is, is that the her going in there just seemed very 
uh, counter to everything else. So everyone else in this movie was yes-anding everything. Whatever ridiculous thing that they were put up against, Absolutely. they completely bought into it and they committed to whatever that was. And they took a weird stance on it, but they, you know, right. they, they were in that moment yeah. where she just like completely refused the call, essentially. She decided that like, you know, she was outside of this movie and it, there was, yeah. Not much that was going to happen. I agree completely with what you said. I, I and it felt awkward. It was yeah. weird. It felt yeah. awkward. It's, it's a, weird a shame moment. because it was right towards the end too. Yeah. It kind yeah. of left a little bad. Taste. It reminded me of uh, of, of Sancho. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, Which it, was part? A, it was a real Zushio. <laughs> Took what, you out what was his Zushio. sister's name? Anju. Anju. Yeah. Zushio. Uh, I agree, Tim, also. I think it was too heavy-handed. It was trying too hard to be like, hey, I'm afraid of modernity. I'm afraid of electricity. It was just, it was silly. It just didn't fit. I mean, it felt like a bad actress that they didn't have time to recast. That that Mm. too, but also just the, I'm not sure if it was supposed to be about the classism where, you know, she was the lower class, so she was Mm. afraid of the tech. That's possible. Um, That's not a bad reading. Very yeah. possible, yeah. yeah. But that's, I mean, poorly that's, executed. Yeah, that's so, intellectualizing but. afterwards without really that context necessarily being there. Yeah, know. yeah. Because like the the rest of it was so masterfully directed. Mostly, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was so perfect. Uh, you know, a lot of the the things that were brilliant about it didn't seem like choices by the actors. It seemed mm. like choices by the director. And I think that has a lot to do but, with the fact that you know, we're never close to any of them. Yeah. So yeah. everything opposite to this performance by this. Uh, yeah. Main. Exactly. Well, I think that brings us to this moment in history in 1958 because it is right on that cusp. Can we play your music. For, well, for it's this? a no. show. Sure. Okay, okay, let's play. Okay. It's a different thing. It's not the right game. It's called Guess the, the History Trivia. trivia. You fucked it up. No, we're playing history <laughs> trivia, guys. <laughs> so I think it was perfect. <laughs> it worked. It was perfect. It was everything together. So we're going to take a little uh, trip back to 1958, and I'm going to give you some trivia, and you guys are going to guess. So first of all, gentlemen, actually, just say your name, and you'll guess that that'll be your guess, and I'll you'll buzz in. Okay. okay? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, uh, gentlemen, who was the president in 1958? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Tim. Harry S. Truman. No. Uh... <laughs> Uh, 1958. That's not a bad guess, though. Uh, uh, LBJ? Wait, 1958. Uh, when was Kennedy? 65? 60. 60 something. 60. 19, yeah. So not 90. Yeah. So who was before Kennedy? Eisenhower? Yes, it is. Oh, Sean wins. Sean wins. Oh, this, these questions. Next question. It's my gonna favorite point. This is going to be real rough. <laughs> what was the, what was the hype point of his presidency? Uh, his coin. The back of the Ike dollar is amazing. <laughs> Of course, the new okay. nerd says that. The coin-collecting nerd. Actually, I think, I think the high point was that he was the answer to that question. That was the high point of his presidency. Eisenhower is going to be so lucky he was on celluloid breakdown. Yeah. The, the hero of Normandy. Okay. Um, so, which leader in 1958 was responsible for the Great Leap Forward? Which I don't know what that is. Which famous world leader? The Great Leap Forward. Anyone. The Great Leap Forward. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ, guys. We, we couldn't even name the president. And I know. I realized the that. Lenin. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lenin's long gone. Martin Luther King. 
Franz Ferdinand II. It's Mao. Mao, Mao Zedong. of course. Sure. Whatever, Yeah, man. why not? This guy in 1958 became the Mao. premier of the Soviet Union. The Let premier. Him. Mao Zedong did? Oh, no. This is the next <laughs> question, guys. <laughs> We've moved on. You guys got that one very wrong, so I'm just moving on fast. Mao, it's Mao. Yeah, Mao, Mao actually just changed. He went from China to Russia. I got both now. That's why I was confused. <laughs> it was a really great leap forward. He went so far forward, he went to Moscow. <laughs> okay. All right. So, All right. Vladimir um, Putin. It was whom? Well, can you guess? 1958, who became the premier of the Soviet Union? Oh, it was... Uh, Gorbachev. <laughs> Weinstein. It was Gorbachev, yeah. <laughs> no, it was... Uh, it was, it was uh, this is it was, such uh, an indictment of the American <laughs> education system. It was... Uh, Gorbachev would have been like what? Like Marx. The 80s. Yeah, yeah. I know. He was, I know he yeah. was the 80s. Mr. Gorbachev so he would have yeah. yeah. cool. been like really I young. Know, I mean, yes, a like young, young Gorbachev. <laughs> Yes. Like 10. A 12 year old Gorbachev. He's 10. 12? He was the water boy. <laughs> okay, it was Khrushchev. Oh. Khrushchev. Oh, I've heard oh, that we name did. Yeah, because of the, yeah, because great of, Khrushchev, the guy that made uh, Ivan's childhood. Ivan's childhood oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. Khrushchev. Yeah, Gregory Chute. We should have known, uh, known that one. We should have known that one. Should have known that one. We knew that one, kind of. Famously went up against Kennedy in the yeah, these guys are idiots. Cuban it's, Missile mm. Crisis. Okay. Who won? <laughs> we won! <laughs> USA! Okay. So, speaking of things the USA will never win, the World Cup. Mm. Uh, in 1958, Brazil won the World Cup, and 13 cool. goals were scored by this player. Oh, fuck you. Fucking Pele. I don't know. Yeah. Not Pele. No, Soccer. I'm giving you one footman. easy one. Go fuck know. yourself. No, All it's right. definitely Sports? not. Really? Soccer? <laughs> World soccer? Pele. You don't know Pele. This, that's the dude? Pele. That's the only soccer player I've ever heard well, of. he got yeah. the answer. You could have gotten it. Really? Isn't Pele now? No. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Whiny McFallover. I don't know. No, no, no. You're thinking Neymar. Neymar's now. Bend it like Beckham. Sabi McCover face. <laughs> All right. Can, can, uh, yeah. Kira Knightley. I can't see my Does he have a movie? Kick it in. Okay, guys. Kick it in, Kira. <laughs> People cry during We soccer. believe in you. That's the children, joke I'm children. Making. Does anyone have a point yet? <laughs> okay, so this next one is about the first successful American satellite, so we're just going to skip it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Sputnik? This this famous fast food chain is founded in 1958. Hardee's. Incorrect. McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's. Incorrect. Bzz. Ray Kroc. Bzz. Wendy's. Incorrect. Bzz. Taco KFC. Bell. KFC. Nope. Close. Uh, Bzz. Sonic. Popeye's fish and chips. In and out. Uh, churches chicken. Taco. Taco Stop it. It's Pizza Hut, you fuckers. Jesus Christ. Who gives a fuck about Pizza Hut? I like Pizza Hut. Ugh. Better Ma than Domino's. Maybe if we were doing I an Italian movie, Midwest, Pizza Taco Hut is Bell. a bad place. I like Taco Bell too. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. All right. We're Pizza Hut out. is where broken Pizza families Hut. go to eat dinner right before the snap. It's true. No, that's, that's where the dad goes to say, hey, this is Barbara. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's going to be your new mom. Yeah, McDonald's is where you pick right them up for the right transfer. Right before you get told that it's not your fault, you yeah. get treated to pizza. <laughs> and you can get anything you want at the salad bar. Uh, no, no, no. Thank Taco God for this pizza. Taco mm. pizza is what Taco you get. Pizza. You go Taco pizza. And the whole picture of pizza. salad Pepsi. bar on top yeah. of the pizza. It's perfect. Yeah. And Cinestix. Cinestix. <clears throat> okay. uh, yeah. 
I hate everyone. Yeah. This next question. <laughs> Did that happen to you, Sean? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, <God>. Sean. <laughs> close to home, guys. No, my dad was in jail by then. <laughs> and we went to Domino's. <laughs> okay. Uh, this next question is, you're going to guess the number. It's got to be the closest. Right. So in 1958, uh, the United States- 1958. The F-104 broke the speed record, the a plane speed record, the fastest- plane ever you're gonna guess okay. how many miles per the hour airspeed record speed record 1958 timber 23 23 <laughs> no. miles per hour i, <laughs> I think you go faster than that on a how bike how fast do planes go i don't know a thousand miles per hour they go okay, 23 miles per guess. hour all right cool yeah a thousand i'm gonna say uh 697 mach 0.7 Fuck no. you. <laughs> what is that? I don't miles know. per hour. Um, I don't know what that translates know. to. The answer is 1,400 miles an hour. I'm going to hey, give it to I Tim. Win. Tim wins. He said Fuck thousand. you, Sean. <laughs> well done. Um, I love Jesus. Oh, God. Okay. Let's see if I can control Is this guys. the end of the We're getting close. Skit? Oh, we have- No, no, we're, we done, have with we're, we're done, done with that. We're done with the history that. lesson. <laughs> Thank God. That's not happening again. We need to talk about the podcast. History you guys are too stupid. For now. Oh, I'm sorry. Too, uh, not knowledgeable enough about history. No, uh, we don't stupid. know nothing. No, it's fine. It's, not it's nice. just not nice. Hurts. Um, no, we'll keep doing that. I like that game. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun game. I did. I liked it. It's an okay game. I liked it. You know, you learn a little bit about 1958. And we got a better chance of not guessing any than we do with the other We're learning how little we know about geopolitics uh, historically. But, you you know, you learn the presidents at the very least. We still are doing better than we do with the the Oscar game anyway. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We at least, I mean, got, you you got like one. So that's better than we ever do with the Oscar game. Uh, Sean seems to be doing some nerdy math calculations <laughs> over here, and I'm okay, very correct. curious what's okay, going on. He, Sean, he's checking can, can what you please fill us in? What the fuck you're doing? Mach, I, I was trying to figure out what Mach 0.7 was. Oh, of course. <laughs> and, and what is it? Uh, 532 miles per hour. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Because it's yeah. Mach 0. Ma- well, it's po- 0.7. 0.7. Mach 1 Close. is 761 miles oh, wow. an hour. So what was your uh, guess? Apparently, it would have been fi- my guess was 532 miles an hour. Hey, so, fuck you, you I would. Yeah. yeah. By a landslide. Yeah, fuck mm-hmm. Sean. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's no. the one. Where's yeah. the fucking. All right. Oh, that was a lame clap. That I'm was a way for that. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's move on to our other segment, <laughs> That's what Derek. I, deserved, I, I think you might have a review or two. Yeah, I do. I got a uh, review from uh, Chris. Coco Leos. <laughs> Very bad movie. Very bad movie is the title. One, One star. star out of 10. Right on. The 8th of January, 2011. Hmm. He went on the IMDb. Probably on, uh, not on his phone yet. No. Probably, he probably no. did not have possibly. No, he no, was at the no, library. No. Chris, are you talking He's about Chris? Basement. Oh, good Chris, Chris did not have an iPhone. He did not have an iPhone 1. He did not have an iPhone 2. Yeah, I didn't get to an iPhone 5. Yeah, he was on a flip phone. Yeah, man. And so he went to his local library, and he wrote the following. It is a really boring film, completely meaningless, and only a waste of time for someone to view it. The comedy is not funny at all. The acting is annoying also. 
I can't believe that people give money for such films to get directed. I think that it has some elements of Charlie Chaplin's Modern Times, but the difference is that Modern Times is a masterpiece, and this one is maybe one of the worst films ever. <laughs> That's the difference. That's huh? a big difference. That's, that is a difference. The film Jack Taddy uh, is creating an annoying way of directing scenes with the sausage in the factory, with the workers laughing like meaningless morons, and the garbage thing maybe wants to show us the effects of modern technology and modern for 60s times, and that particular scene is really boring and annoying. <laughs> the film has no script and not rhythm. Also, I hope you will not watch this movie even if a film expert calls it cult. What? But the truth is that after watching it, you will not earn anything in the end. So English is a second language. Horrible movie, worthy of a garbage can. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's another one. Should we go on? <laughs> yes, the, let's go on. It's the name of the next review. I'm yeah, sorry. Let's I, do I it. it let's do it. So it's another one it. out of 10. So let's do it. Here right, we go. Say it quick. Say it quick. All right. Uh, yes. Marco, uh, Marco's BH. Uh, BH. 22 October 2010 wrote, horrible movie worthy of garbage can. Uh, I cannot understand how a movie with few speeches and a still camera that tries to mimic roughly the silent films of Chaplin can have any kind of expression. Harrowing, illogical, boring, only not worse because they gave up over the first 30 minutes. Should be interesting to pseudo-intellectuals and masochistic. The interpretations... Derek. What? Oh, oh, shots fired. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, interesting. Spoilers for Sean's shitty review coming up. Sean is a idiot coming up soon, in, within the hour. Uh, the interpretations are mechanical breakdown and attempted escapes all logic. The French cinema, since we produced less boring movies and already uh, own language, is tiring. Do not want to see anything else this director has done. I prefer I prefer the German cinema or even the newer Brazilian productions wow. like Sean does. He loves German film and Brazilian films. Yeah. This guy takes a strange angle. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. Okay. Also, not a native English speaker, I wouldn't say. Mm -mm. Better than the last guy. It's the international movie database. Do they? True. Do they? Uh, but, but this <laughs> film, a French film. This film is French. Yeah. So then, you know, maybe they speak French. Very much so. Well, well it also could be translated speak English or get by off my internet website. No, right? probably not. Too nope. many, too many points that you know the periods go right into the next sentence. So uh, yeah, hmm. it's not going to sense that correctly. All right. Well, damn. Anyway. That's it. Thank you, Derek. Yeah. Those yeah. are some good reviews. No yes. one on the internet likes this movie. Well, no. A lot of people do. But yeah. It's we a, went with the classic. We went with the others. Yeah. Well, well, the haters are fun. Haters are fun. Yeah. Well, before we rate Sometimes. this film, guys. Before uh, we get to the haters. Oh, let's just ask you guys if you have any errata, miscellaneous, anything extra you want to discuss or talk about. Mm. How about you, Tim? Anything extra? Uh, you know. All right. 
<laughs> uh, I wrote down, I will say one thing for me. Anything that annoys Sean can't be all bad. <laughs> and I felt that. So during the movie, when I would look over and see Sean sighing, getting upset, I was like, yeah, okay. Thanks, movie. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a beautiful yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I just want to quickly, we really glossed over it, but the credits in yeah, the beginning. I had that. The signs, all practical, really, really cool. Just like built into the movie as yeah. they pan down or tilted down. Sorry. Yeah. Not panned. It was uh, it was reminiscent of the opening scene of La Note in the fact that like it was totally not in not tied in with the story at all, mm. but totally visually striking and also very tone setting in that like just, oh, I'm about to see something different. Mm. You know? it, I find it odd how like amused we are by that sort of thing. Um, you know, the, it's such a simple thing to just have physical credits somewhere in your movie, but so few people actually do it that it becomes this like nice little treat. Um, kind of reminds me of, I, I didn't like this movie very much, but Napoleon Dynamite, like uh, the opening of that when he's going through his little sketchbook and we're like totally. seeing the actual credits kind of written out. Just those, those little details that, you know, they put so much into the production design of this movie that like throwing up those things probably took some dude maybe an hour and a half to put all those things together but you know it really adds a lot of polish and uh sort of credibility to the opening fair derek you got anything um i do have a little thing that he said um about like a interview with tati and he said uh this thing who's, i'm sorry who's interviewing tati uh this is just from uh some book the that i found okay. and um and uh, he says something uh, about like going to the cinema um, that like his hope to for the future of cinema, which is kind of interesting. It's like a paragraph. That everyone that, sits in their living room watching it on a <clears throat> tiny screen? Uh, no. Well, I mean, it, actually, if I read the earlier part, it seems like kind of a eerily that he sensed something oh, really? strange like that. But um but he says that someday I would like to meet a young person who will take me to the movies to see something, be it long, short, or medium length, with characters who move as I have never seen them move, with sounds that I have never heard, or with a story that I could have never imagined. Even if there is no story at all, even if you have to look for it, or if you can find it immediately, but then find out that it's not the real one, but something, uh, but no, the silence is total. So kind huh. of says that, there's nothing unique that he sees when he goes to the movies, and that is interesting because like one day there is Avatar. If well, if you're a creative person and you're constantly yeah. trying to create stuff, then you're gonna get bored with what you see. You know what I mean? So like that's kind of a like a it's yeah. a it's a gatekept yeah uh, you know mindset. I guess before that gatekept before that in the same thing he talks about um and I'm paraphrase uh he talks about that the filmmaking's become an industry like the car industry he said that there used to be 26 car manufacturers today there's only like four left in America there's only four big corporations remaining that make films uh and he kind of goes on to say that films should not be made like cars <laughs> When uh, is he saying this? He would be he's this, rolling this over This is in like this, this is like uh so this this interview is from 1973. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Not much has changed. No. Yeah. It's worse. Not I mean we still have like four major studios. They've just kind of yeah, reconfigured we got Disney. and consolidated. Yeah. Yeah. I think the assembly you, you, line has Yeah, you got Disney, you've got Universal, is. you've got Paramount and you've got Sony. That's pretty much all we have. 
Yeah, fair. But I yeah. think his point was more well, the automation fuck. of art. Yeah. You know, it's becoming more and more automated. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that, that is certainly the, uh, yeah. I, as someone who has spent the last year seeing just about every movie that's in the theater, I can tell you there is tons of fucking redundancy. Uh, you know, I saw 150 movies in the theater last year and 80% of them were repeated and regurgitated and remakes of things that were also out that year. Actually, maybe for the love of movies. F A U, the love of movies. For the love of movies. Maybe, maybe I should actually read this because it's actually really good. So okay. he he says that some people will start telling you uh, to make a good film. Here is the recipe. You need a good story. In theory, it's better if you choose a best-selling book because then you can be sure that your story is good. No shit. You give it to you give it to Monsoor X. And Monster Y to adapt because they know their business of adapting that He's book too. Yeah. Next, you give it to Monster What's His Name, uh, who has never flubbed a traveling shot in his life and who is therefore a very good cameraman. <laughs> After that, Amazing. hire the very best editor whose name is uh, Monster Whatchamacallit and who edits wonderfully well. And then when the editing is finished, give get such and such a musician because every time he plays something it is a hit and you put that all together and commercially the thing will hold water amazing yep. yeah Christopher Nolan Hans Zimmer so, yeah. and he says that that is also true of a of a 403 to go car however or Peugeot yeah you get all the best cushions, the best gearbox, yep. the best engine. You put it all together, uh, and you can be certain that it will work. It's funny though, because a Peugeot is kind yeah, of known kind as of a shitty shit. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it won't yeah. work. Yeah. I think that's genius. I think he obviously could see the future. I also wanted to point out some of the other stuff that was very futuristic in this film. We had he predicted the Roomba. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah, pretty right? goddamn for cool. Shroomba. It was plugged in, but it he was has Roomba. a lot of like in Kubrick in I don't you know, know like, two thousand one. He kind of predicts a lot of stuff. The, the vacuum even, that runs by itself—that's got to—that that can't be the first. No, no, no that's that I'm sure that's been in the not. House of the Future since yeah, fucking yeah. the thirties. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. and also just the runaway vacuum. It's yeah, a yeah. gag. You know, I, well, yeah, back yeah. in the day, vacuums actually did move on their own. So, like, that was a much bigger thing. You know what? Like they had drive wheels. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. The vacuum that did that. Yeah. 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 Tim is a very old person. <laughs> yeah. I love when you give us references from the 80s. I'm fairly young, but I do remember that. <laughs> uh, the other thing, though, I think is the uh, the dishwasher, um, the uh, the sterilization of the, the tools that she took out. Um, that was something that was, you know, not yep. ubiquitous back then. Yep. Baked eggs. That's some fucking errata. <laughs> That's errata to me. That's erratic. <laughs> Baked eggs. She pulls an egg out of the oven. Are you going to try it? Why don't you try it? The kid didn't try it. <laughs> <laughs> Even he was looking at it like, what the fuck is this? From, from what I understand, it's like a boiled egg, but less rubbery. Rubbery is the point of an egg. You sure? Mm. I thought you like your eggs sunny side up. No. Over easy. Over easy. I'm sorry. Now that's yeah. rubbery and runny. Run I've had breakfast with you. Runbury. But so over uh, easy though, eggs. it does get runny. Yeah. Well, yeah. over easy, yeah. Should yeah, still yeah, be yeah. runny so in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's r runny yolk, solid white. Mm. I think it's a good order. Yeah. I, I, I want to eventually transition from scrambled to the big boy orders of over medium, over easy. Honestly, what about so, poached? So, don't you want a poached egg? I, what is a poached I egg? I don't even know a poached egg. egg. Holy fuck, I love a poached egg. It's boiled without the shell. 
Ugh, it's yeah, so good. It doesn't sound so you right. drop you drop an egg into boiling water and it's, it cooks it in the water. Yeah, you stir it, you but stir it cooks it, it and it, it, it's just ah, oh, it's so good. It, it's, it's so like you've a had eggs Benedict. You've had eggs Benedict. I yeah. think I have. Yeah. Yeah. Long time ago. Really? It's so good. You and me have to go to breakfast soon. Well, like uh, yeah. tomorrow. Go you know, post egg, man. It's the way to go. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's hard to do. We're getting eggs. The way to go. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Who gets up that early? Me. Poached eggs. Poached eggs, Sean. Uh, okay, Sean, I don't want to have this discussion, but eggs. you need to get up earlier than 3 p.m. I like You know, eggs, maybe we should man. have it on the podcast. Let's have an intervention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. No, no, no. You can't eat cat food. You're not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean. Come on. <laughs> okay. Um, Dude, I won't. We're not going to have that intervention. Sorry. Yeah, not, not it's not going to work. No. So, yeah, this is a waste of time. So let's just go to our ratings. We're going to finally rate this film. Oh, fuck. And we're going to go to Derek first. He's going to tell us his rating, usually okay. on the scale Your of rating. 12. Yes. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to go alert. 11. Like I'm going to go 11 out of 12. Jesus Christ. I think this is a film that, so, so, so let me give uh, a bit of a reason why um so i've watched this thing several times over the course of you know the last what what is that 20 years almost getting close to that 15 years god you're old um the <laughs> thing is is that that uh you'll remember parts of this years and years down the road and you'll be like you can almost revisit it it has that rewatchability i think that um i think that there's, I like a lot of what's going on in the film. I do, I do know that it's not perfect because mm-hmm. it's got like some moments in it that that could be better. But um, that's why it only gets eleven stars. That's only what, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because if it was perfect, it would get twelve. Sean, obviously, that's, that's how perfection that's, works. That's yeah. a, perfect, I can do math. Uh, yeah, yeah, good. Cool. Derek, what is it about this that makes it? Is it funny for you? Or you say you use it joyful? Is it nostalgia? It's what nostalgia. Is it? It's joyful. I like revisiting this. It always makes me smile. Uh, it is again. It's you guys have singing in the rain. You have that that artifice, that fakeness that you enjoy that like lifts you up. I have this kind of like sort of reality that that lifts me up. You know, you I like this seeing reality. this fake place. Eh, it's a fake place, but. It has like people that I see in it who are kind of like sort of remind me of certain real people. Uh, it's like a town to like visit. That it's like going back to a town, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that. It's it's my it's my uh, thing that your happy place. Yeah, it's my happy place. It's a little bit of my. All right. Uh, well, we're going to get a contrasting opinion. A contrasting <laughs> opinion from Sean because it's French first. Uh, yeah, certainly three stars off because it's French. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I'm really happy that Derek didn't pick something overly pompous and overly pretentious. Uh, the fact that this was Next a, time. The fact that this was a French movie that was actually light and comedic and um, somewhat enjoyable was really surprising to me. Um I'm going to have to go with like three reluctantly out of five stars. Um, I didn't enjoy it to a three-star level, but I respect it for everything that it inspired. Um, and it's not a horrible movie by any means. It, I didn't it disdain sitting through it, but I don't think I would, you know, ha- really want to watch it much more. 
Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this an eight out of 10. Uh, I think it's probably just and it's normally probably a seven just on the enjoyable level yeah. for me, but it gets an extra point for the all the influences and the, the historicals kind of stuff there. Um, and I actually really enjoyed a lot of the political commentary and it, maybe mm. I'm reading too much into some of it, but that's me, you know, that's how I am. So I, I like that. I like, you know, having my comedy and being able to kind of think about, you know, the class issues and the socialist issues and the, you know, in 1958 and the historical significance. So I think it, it's a little bit more than just that cute comedy. And I actually, Derek, I'd like that you like this. I know that that sounds weird, but I, yeah, I unexpected. Yeah. I like that you have a movie like that. You can kind of just go back to and it's joyful and delightful. And I think we all need that. That's it's sometimes yeah. you just need to be able to kind of just look and say, hey, let's throw something, something on. It's going to make me smile. I think this is, is that kind of movie. Now I don't love it, but yeah. it does have a lot of moments where you're just like, yeah, he's fun to watch. He's delightful. Yeah. Uh, Tati is, is, I didn't realize obviously he was the actor, but he is a great actor, uh, physical actor and obviously a director. So he's got a lot of talent and I, I love the way the sound is in this movie. Again, like A Man Escaped, way ahead of its time. Definitely check it out for some just really simple sound gags uh, that you can definitely apply to your films today. So I might even recommend this to some of my sound design students. Um, so I'm gonna give it eight out of 10. It's really good. Not perfect, but still totally enjoyable. You could watch it today. I totally understand this being like someone's feel good movie. Just Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. It, and and I think that's what it was intended to be. Yeah. This movie, you know, I I I rated it as a nice dream. Mm. <laughs> that's my rating. It's a it's nice a, dream. It's a, it's a nice dream. Yeah, you know, it's funny, it's poignant, it's vivid and bold, and it's weird. You know, like it, it was a nice dream. Mm-hmm. I just really. I had fun watching this and I'm looking forward to the next time I watch it. You know, I was thinking that kind of at points, probably at the more boring points of this movie, <laughs> right? You know, oh, there's, man, be much there's to go back definitely and watch the <laughs> well-timed piss breaks, you yeah, know what I mean? Totally. But like, uh, uh, you know, it was like, I- I'm looking forward to watching this by myself later. You know, this is kind of like, I, I feel the way Derek feels about it in that mm-hmm. way. Like it's, it's something that uh, it took me so long to come to this movie after being told about it. You know, I owned this movie for years on DVD and then sold it <laughs> without having seen the fucking movie. Wow. And then I saw it today. And now yeah. it's like, man, you know, this is this is a Saturday afternoon movie for me. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to contact your film teacher? Nice dream. I think she's dead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's Seance. dead. Yeah. Ouija board. Yeah. She's, she's at the bottom of the 59 floors of her life. Jesus. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Not counting the mezzanine. I do know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Good job. Yeah. Well done, sir. Um, I, I was worried it wasn't going to happen. So, yeah. so, evil, evil man. <laughs> so so you, you had said something about the political things within it. Apparently, when it first came out, some critics didn't denounced it because uh, they thought that it was, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation pronunciation of this, but uh, Puhatist view, uh, it, who was apparently a French politician, uh, populist politician hmm. during that time uh i against, just leaned over to try against, and see if i could pronounce that better <laughs> yeah, it's, and, it's impossible and I fucking can't it's impossible uh <laughs> of of emerging uh french consumers uh society at the time and uh they feel that um uh they well they had embraced kind of this wave of industrial modernization and uh kind of like a more rigid 
uh, social structure. But I guess this thing became so popular in France mm -hmm. and internationally, especially after having won the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film, uh, that they kind of got drowned out uh, to be against I, it, you know? I think the class issues are way more prominent in 58 in France than they were in 58 in America. Mm -hmm. uh, in 58 in France, they still had their empire. Uh, so they still had Algeria, which was under their boot. And I think that a lot of the stuff of the class issues would be more impactful just for them. Well, they were also still rebuilding. So like the people that were poor before sure. the war were in a much worse state than the people that were rich before the war. That's a great point. And yeah, because you can even see like physically in the buildings, yeah. you know, we're rebuilding this modernist style and you still stuck in the rubble. Exactly. You know, and Scotty gets to go through the gate and he gets, yep. he yeah. gets to live with nice, nice rich family. Well, and post-war France had this, uh, like there's, there's, in the in the the brief research that I'm touting right now, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, post-war France into Google. Yeah, post-war France had a uh, infatuation with modernism. Mm. Uh, you know, as the, as an art kind of as an art thing, but also probably from a necessity from having everything being bombed That's out. That's a great. You know, point. you got to rebuild everything, and it's like. Well, let's get stoked about what's new. Otherwise, we're going to be depressed and we're uh, going to end up like this little blonde kid in Germany year zero. I think that's over. such a great point True. because I always go back to why um, Dadaism was a thing in art in the you know, I love 20s. Dadaism. And you think da, about da, why, da. and it's because of World War One and the Spanish flu, honestly. It's just mm. people were dropping left and right. Where the world didn't have much meaning. And they were just like, holy shit, the world is chaos. Here is the expression of Dada and bullshit and chaos. Yeah. And I think modernism is a reaction to I think that World War II. I mm. what what would you ways. say what would you say Joey to the assertion that meme culture is modern dadaism? Cuz I, I truly believe sure, that. Sure, I think there's an argument to be made. Why do you think so? I cuz I think that we live in a very hopeless time in yeah. that uh not not to compare this with any other time specifically, but you know, we live in the information age, we're able to see everything. And so we're able to see all the bad things, and that's what we gravitate towards. And so, you know, ergo, a hopeless time. And so our meme culture or our, like, kind of relief culture that we see, you know, it, it's all about just, like, what's going to make me feel good? Fuck, I need to feel good. So you know? by, by that logic, meme culture is really going to hit its apex once and, coronavirus takes over. Well, but but also, you know, it, it well, what I'm really trying to say, I suppose, is is like highlighting the absurdism, you know, the absurdism of Dadaism, because the culture is absurd. Yeah. Our culture has become absurd at this point. You know, contemporarily, we mm -hmm. live in a really absurd time. So our our humor and our art has to be, you know, through the roof. Mm. I, to, to match that. I, I think that this movie works today because of those reasons. Yeah. yeah. Because of the chasm of the haves and the have-nots is so stark nowadays. And you can, I think the absurdity of that family living in that building and, and you know, the, and the uncle farting around in the world is would work in some ways today, I think. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, do you agree, John? I think it was called the beach bum. Well, but, <laughs> but back then to have the architecture at all was sure. radical. Yeah. To have the, the 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 costumes at all was radical. Today we see that shit at Costco. You know, you go to CVS and you see somebody wearing a a uh, pleather coat or whatever the fuck the house. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't see people wearing the, the hats. Yeah. 
There's nobody wearing hats. What's the deal with hats? Why isn't sucking anybody the, wearing hats? Sucking the air out of my points huh? since I arrived on Farcast. It's Sean Far. It was an exclamation point. I, I choked no, I on my own uh, uh, sentence. Yeah. Just teasing. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this baby up. So does anyone have any recommendations that you want to throw out there? You know, honestly, I've been getting into this thing lately. Jesus Mayo Christ. singles. <laughs> Mayo singles. No, that actually grossed me oh the my fuck God. out. That's just, yeah, that's that's not, that's just a way to waste mayo. more no plastics. Yeah, yeah, like plastic singles, yeah. but it's mayonnaise. Mayo. How does that yeah. even work? How do you get the plastic off of that? With the, I don't with know. The, it would, it, it, it just, it's well, so it's thin solid. that the viscous it, yeah, layer would. out. So, but the only way to do that, to get it to plop out, would be to like get. Get a bunch of olive oil or something in there, so it's that's what even they got. fattier. Yeah, no, probably it's, it's even fattier. Yep. E- either way, gross. Yeah, uh, don't recommend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, just yeah, regular so mayo. Yeah. Let's just yeah. go if, regular if I, mayo. If instead. I were Leonard, not I would recommend. rate this a pass. So we're out on that. We're out oh. on that. Sean. Yeah. What are you gonna recommend us? Um, well, I'm going to recommend you check out the new British possibly upcoming podcast. show. The uh, uh, what the hell did I call it now? Uh, for, for the love of movies. Thank you. For the, the love, the love of, of God. What's the name F-A-U, of it? you yeah. the love of movies. All one word. So I got too much hate from putting the new movie reviews into this feed. So you can go on honestly, over to fatherloveofmovies.com to get the newest and latest and greatest reviews from Accurate hate. Podcast Studios. All right, everybody yeah. shut up. I want to get this clean. <laughs> F-A-U, the love of movies.com. Make that a button. <laughs> Do not make that a button. Make the last part with him saying make that that's, a button a good. button. Yeah, because God. that's make that a button. That was great. Make that a button is a good drop. That was a that was an excellent drop of his. Because he's always asking to be made a button for some reason. I've always yeah. wanted to be a button. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah, you, you can't give yourself can't do it. a button. No, yep. I'm not a button. It doesn't yep. work like that. You yep. can't give yourself a nickname. It just no, has yeah. to come yeah. up naturally. Yeah. As far as theatrical movies, I'm gonna tacitly give The Invisible Man a thumbs up. Um, not the best movie in the world, but there's some good stuff in there. Elizabeth uh, Moss, better than expected. Yeah, Elizabeth Moss, Moss actually gives a good, pretty decent performance in this, and um, I was really impressed with the action scenes. Um, the action scenes of fighting off the Invisible Man sounds like it's going to be something really stupid, just throwing yourself around on the ground against nothing. But it works out really well, and they they shoot it really well where they the action just you you feel the presence of the invisible man the entire time there's a lot of like shots where it just kind of pans off into nothingness but you still get the idea that there is this presence in the room and then when it comes together into the action it just works somehow um the suit is stupid but other than that it's not a horrible movie better than expected but that's probably other than sonic the only good thing in the theaters right now okay um Derek, anything else? No, I don't really have much of uh, any uh, recommendations this right, week. Then. I would like up. to recommend uh, a movie. Uh-oh. I, the movie Hackers was uh, directed by Ian <laughs> Softley in 1995, I think. Was oh, really we're, doing, we're doing just old We're going movies? to 90s? Yeah, it's got, it's got 
He's got a thing for Angelina Jolie. He's got Johnny Lee Miller in it. Mm. Honestly, uh, no, I've got more of a Matthew Lillard thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, uh, Tim also so fantastic in that movie. Jesus. Tim also discovered it's two also, it's movies also today. The pinnacle of culture. You also discovered two new movies today. Planet. Did I? Yeah, you discovered Beautiful Girls. True. From the nineties. Oh. Boy and Sea of Love, and sea which of love. is the it's the heteronormative cruising. Yes, yes. <laughs> Al Pacino did two movies two years apart from each other around that time. Were frame. they two years apart? They I were thought two cruising years apart, was right? in the seventies. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, I let's, really uh, thought cruising was seventies. You tell it's us like what Sea of Love is about. What is Sea of Love so about? Sea Tim? Of, oh my good. Gravy. I've not seen it, but I saw the trailer. Just make it fast. Um, you can tell us. Shut the fuck up. It's the end of the pod. Nobody's listening. <laughs> Nobody's Mr. Donut, here. maybe. Um, not even. No, uh, not no more. <laughs> and not ever, really. Probably not. <laughs> either, no. way, either way, either way. See you, love. Uh, Al Pacino. Who is he? He's a cop. Of course he's a cop. He's always a cop. Is he a dirty cop? But what's going on? People are getting killed. Of course they're getting killed. That's what happens. And who's got to do something about it? Sal Pacino. But what's he going to do? He's going to use his partner, John Goodman. And skinny John Goodman. Late 80s John Goodman. Revenge of the Nerds-esque John Goodman. Right? And so, what are they going to do? How are they going to solve these murders? They put out an ad in the newspaper. Shut the fuck up. They put out an ad in the newspaper. An ad. And <laughs> I'm slowly getting into a Pacino. <laughs> Will Arnett. We show it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. We show all of it. <laughs> Crime penetration. I, honestly, from here on out, with the movie synopsis, it's just crime penetration. Crime penetration. <laughs> Oh my god, he's lost it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, so back to uh, Sea of Love. Uh, the recommendation, Sea yeah. of Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so he goes out on all these dates to... Derek? Derek, yeah, what do you got? Yeah, okay. So Sea of Love. Really? There's a... There's a... There's a serial killer. <laughs> Make sure to check out all the other shows on Funkcast Studios. Literally, literally going down on South Park, uh, Politinkering, so Wild Wild West. We're on text before calling, and this one, Celluloid Breakdown. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at J-O-E-B-O-N-I-E-R, Funkcast.com. Make sure to subscribe. Give us a review. Five stars, please. Timothy.Jeff.Snow at Timothy.Jeff.Snow on the Instagram. I do the hey, art. J-Snow. Timothy.Jace. Oh, shit. No, that's my email address. If you want to send me an email, it's Timothy.Jeff.Snow at Gmail. If you want to find my Instagram, it's Timothy.J.Snow. Thank you, Joey. Write in if you know. Joey's my publicist. Write in if you've seen Sea of Love. Explain what Sea of Love is. Also, cruising. Better movie. Then Sea of then Love. Why did you take five Way minutes to explain movie. Sea of you Love? You haven't seen Sea of Love. How? It's, Nine years it's, apart, I'm, by I'm the old, way, is the answer. Know. But he took a four-year hiatus uh, from oh, before okay. it. Sean wait, wait, wait. So when yeah. did he make? So yeah, cruising? please cut it. Please cut it. 